0: This is Gal Thorpe, and you're listening to Radio Free Istvan.
1: Heresy and betrayal. These are the words being used to describe the treachery of the Warmaster Horus and his three brothers, Mortarian, Fulgrim and Angron, against the innocent hive world of Istvan III. Once a flourishing planet, now a wasteland, desolate and lifeless. After the emperor's favored son unleashed the Imperium's greatest weapon, the deadly life-eater virus. However, all is not lost. Some valiant legionaries survive the onslaught, thanks to some quick thinking and a timely warning. Hidden deep within a bunker under the Coral City, these legionaries broadcast the truth across the galaxy. Forever hunted, they have vowed to broadcast as long as possible and remain free. Radio Free Istvan. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? This is Michael with Radio Free Van, and this is episode 22 of RFI. This is a Horace Heresy 30K podcast. Uh, I'm uh, Michael, and I got my co-host here, Ryan. You want to say what's up, Ryan? What's going on, everybody? And hopefully at this point, man, hopefully like you are like 22 episodes in, like maybe hopefully you went back and you like listened to all of our old stuff and all that stuff. But if you have, I have,
2: I have. I you, don't know if everybody else has. I've listened to all of it. You've listened to all of our stuff. No, I listened to the ones that I uh, I wasn't on. Oh, okay. And I think I listened to the first one I was on. Yeah, just, just to, to hear see your how voice. annoying I was because, because it, like, well, you told me to listen to some of it for like sound quality stuff, and then I went back and listened to like I went back and listened to my rant from last week to see if it was
0: <laughs> as bad
2: as I thought it would be. I was like, to see like, I don't know, man, it was a good rant. You needed that. You, you needed get, that you get fired up. You get. You get emotional. You know, like I was I was triggered. Like you said some things that like oh you know, just kinda hit like I don't know. Like I wasn't expecting because I didn't know, like you kinda sprung the rules are in the white dwarf on me. So then it like immediately it clicked in my head. I'm like, uh, I wonder who wrote these rules.
1: And then it like spiraled out of control from there. I'm just so. saying, dude, if you would have left that inside of you, you'd have been like shitting black for weeks. Had to get it out. Had to get that evil <laughs> off your chest and out of you. <laughs> so <laughs> So anyway, guys, we are a Horace Heresy 30K podcast. Uh, we do have some lists that we're going to go over today. Of course, we're going to do the normal, you know, hobby progress, what we're at, like what we're doing. Uh, and we have some cool updates for South Texas and Flames that I would like to go over. And So Ryan doesn't know much about it. So Ryan can pretty much ask a lot of the questions that, again, I know a lot of you guys would ask. And then uh, we also have some, some lists we're going to go over. We actually have a... Uh, let me see here.
2: You didn't tell people where we were from this week. You're you're not on it. I interrupted you before you got there. No, they don't need to know. They there's other older
1: Older <laughs> episodes? Older episodes we're having to figure out where we're from. So we have an Ultramarines list, an Alpha Legion list, a Blood Angels list, and an iron oh no, that's it. That's it. Ultramarines, Blood Angels, and Alpha Legion. It's killing you that you don't know that people don't know where we're from, huh?
2: Uh, I don't know. It's killing me. It's probably <laughs> killing them because we've now now we've brought it up and now they don't know. We could be from anywhere. We could be from anywhere. We could be right next door to where you're living right now.
1: It's like, man, I hope those guys are right down the street from me. They're so nice.
2: <laughs> anyway, dude, so how's everything going with you, dude? Like what's how's how's life? How it's fine. Uh like I said, work has been weird lately. Just, you know, not having a lot of people come in there. But then, uh, you know, like I was telling you, next week I have to start that crazy shift. So I'll be working from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m.
1: Dude, I love night shift. How's that going to work with your uh, your game group? Like, Because they come over to your house at like, what, 3 o'clock, I guess? So. Well, I
2: don't – here's the thing. So Monday through Friday – because the day shift guys will obviously work day shift, and then you know I'm the night shift guy, so I'll work the night shift so they're going to be working six a m to six p m and then I'll work the opposite. so we got twenty four hour coverage right? Well, normally we already have a guy that works weekends on straight time on day shift right and so the other two day shift guys will normally be off on the weekends so and then so would I. So what happens then is they go to the overtime list and see who's at the top of the list to, to see who wants to work the weekend. Mm-hmm. So I'm at the bottom of the overtime list right now. So my guess is one of the day shift guys will want the night shift on the weekends to make the big bucks. The big kid money. Because you get – so the first eight hours of your shift are normal time, and then if you're working 12 hours, like I'm going to work, the first eight hours of your shift will be straight time, and the last four will be time and a half. Well, when you work on Saturday – your entire day is time and a half so it'll be 12 hours time and a half and then if you work on Sunday your entire day is double time so he'll get 12 hours of double time
1: yeah that's a lot of resin bro
2: think about it's it it's a lot that's it so is well i resin. don't have a choice like it, they'll get offered it and if they both turn it down then it'll come to be hmm. so but hmm. what by the so what the way our overtime let's just bore everybody to death talk about how my overtime list works but the way it works is so if you work one hour a double time, you get charged two hours because it counts for two hours. So everybody starts at zero, and then the more overtime you work, you get charged these hours. Yeah. So whoever has the most hours is goes to the bottom of the list. So that way you are always have your chance at the top. So the more overtime you work, the further you'll move down. And then when the new list comes out, you'll be repositioned based on how many hours you worked. so that everybody gets a chance at the overtime. So I've worked so much overtime. I'm almost because I'm the only night shift guy, anything that happens on nights, I automatically get it. And then if they, obviously because everybody else is on days, if they need someone to cover days, it's because other day shift guys are off. Right. So And they can't cover themselves because they're either off or there. So it ends up being me that covers. So I have the biggest opportunity to overtime. So I almost always end up on the bottom. So if if I happen to be near the top when this, uh, outage came around you know i would have benefited from it but by so what will end up happening is that over this outage they're gonna get all these hours on the weekends and they'll they'll catch me and probably pass me up but then by the time i make it to the top of the list the outage will be over (laughs) so so it'll just well i mean at some point you know somebody will need some overtime and then i'll get those hours so you'll get them eventually hey dude but it'll it'll work out
1: army you need to buy so or a, not an Outrider, a Black Shield's army.
2: Black Shield's army. So anyway, at some point... So for my game club, it won't matter because I'm on the bottom of the list for now. So I'm just going to be working this shift Monday through Friday. Our game club meets on Saturdays. So. But once not you get home at like Saturday at 6 a.m.? Yeah.
1: And you just crash out?
2: Yeah, and- I'll probably sleep till... I don't know. Probably 1 Get up, take a shower, and then the guys will get here about two or three, and then me and you'll just have to record on Sundays or sometime. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out because normally we do it, you know, Saturday mornings. But we can still do it Saturday mornings. I'll just get home at six a.m. and you'll have to get up at five a.m. your time. I'll get home around seven, so we could do it at start recording at six a.m. your time, so I don't go to sleep. And then have to get back up. Whatever you want to do, whatever's better for you.
1: And then all these listeners are going to be like, "I liked it better when Ryan wasn't sleepy."
2: I'm a. I've never uh, been very good at sleeping. I've hardly like I'm. I don't know. I w- I don't. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to call it insomnia. But I have a <laughs> really fucking hard time sleeping a lot of times. So I, I'm used to like only getting three or four hours sleep a night for a couple weeks on end. So set, it won't bother me too much
1: it's that big old brain dude it just doesn't shut off it's like i could go to bed
2: or i could write lists (laughs) that or it's my peanut brain having to work like triple time (laughs) just to keep up with normal everyday human life (laughs) just learning remembering how to breathe uh my wife would tell you it's the second option no i don't know
1: it's what you've been working on dude how's uh what's what's your hobby progress looking like my hobby
2: progress is I finished five more blood angel attack bikes.
1: And that's going to be for what your Blood angel army. Blood angel. But you like do you have a list like. Yeah. I've, you just like.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I my normal uh, blood angel list I'm building towards my armored breakthrough list. I needed another five. So it brings me up to 10 total. I got two squads of five in the army.
1: God, that's fucking brutal.
2: So I got two squads of five attack bikes with assault cannons and then my third fast attack choice is three javelins with assault cannons and cyclones
1: that's a brutal unit and that's a pretty much all around good unit just murdering medium tanks and then taking care of all the infantry they have melt bombs on them too why oh well I'm thinking of the, I was thinking about the javelins but
2: oh yeah. no 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 yeah the javelins they don't have.
1: Assault cannons and stuff. missile launchers. That's kind of... No matter what you pair up against that, that's going to be pretty... Yeah. Pr- pretty they're, real. And you can run them in. They're
2: like my... Uh, come in from outflank and fuck up a... Or try to fuck up a quad mortar squadron or at least whittle it down or kill like a squadron of Medusas or kill a Scorpus whirlwind, Any type of like backfield unit like that. For sure, dude. I uh, I've been actually looking at
1: taking outflanking javelins with my black shields, but I really don't want to break down the three units of outriders to two units of outriders and then have one land speeder squadron. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm kind of, kind of on the fence on what the benefit would be to break that down, but I love the idea of outflanking and bringing in melt again. Of all
2: the backfield units, quad mortars worry my armored breakthrough list the least. Just simply because, like it's a lot of tanks are you know in infantry mounted in tanks or bikes or whatever, so it's not like prime targets to shoot with quad mortars. Right. The phosphex ones are annoying because they're poison, but like the normal quad mortar shooting at bikes, I can spread them out, or you're only gonna get one or two bikes per marker, and you're only wounded on fours. Would you even
1: waste a jink? Like, would you like? I mean, that's a lot. If if you do decide to jink, you know, that's a lot of.
2: Well, no, you would only jink the Phosphax because you're going to get your armor saved against anything else.
1: Yeah, well, um, that's kind of what I'm asking. Like, yeah. Like, you?
2: Nah. I'm pretty smart with my... Like, if I know... If I... Well, it depends. Like, because uh, Outriders, they're more of an assault unit anyway. So it's like, oh, I jink. I don't get to shoot my twin-link bolter at full ballistic skill. You know, who gives a shit? Like, I'm going to charge in and, you know, clamp a bunch of melted bombs on you or cut you up with all these power axes in the unit anyway. So... You know, I'll jink with them a lot, but if, like, your attack bikes or jet bikes that you don't want to jink, um, if you have ruins on the table, you can just fly them into some ruins, because, I you know, as long as you're in the ruin, you're going to get a four-up cover save from the ruin anyway. So then you don't have to jink. Yeah. I guess it's just how you run them, how you hide yeah you, Yeah, I mean, you have to take a dangerous terrain check, but I'd rather take some dangerous terrain checks than have to jink and not... Not get shoot. to shoot. All yeah. those assault cannons that's the thing guys that's a very shooty um unit now you could put an apothecary i don't I haven't done it yet but you can put it like an apothecary on bike and attach it to your attack bike unit and then give him an augury scanner so those guys intercept so then if somebody something comes in and you know uh like deep strike or whatever and you can unload your assault cannons into them, and then you're not going to be shooting your next turn anyway. Then you can jank or try to assault something with them. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> oh, the augury scanner thing. Do we, yeah. do, we'll do we? We'll do it after hobby progress, but yeah, we're a hundred percent going to talk about that.
1: <laughs> All right.
2: Do you have your books with you? Cause I don't, I didn't prepare. Yeah, I got them. I need the, You just need the rule book to read interceptor and you need the, any Marine book with the augury scanner in it. Yeah,
1: dude. I got you, bud. I got
2: okay. I got the book you sent for starters. Yep.
1: Yep. And then I got the Augury scanner right here.
2: Okay, we'll talk about that after hobby progress. So anyway, yeah, uh, did those five attack bikes, and then obviously I finished those Avengers last week. Um, the only thing that wasn't done on those were uh, the bases. So I finished the uh, the bases for the attack bikes and the Avengers, and then finished the attack bikes this week. You put, uh, you put them on 60 millimeter bases, the Drenot base, si- Drenot size, right? 60. Yep. Yep. Cause attack bikes normally don't have a base, but I glue mine on those round bases. I think it, it looks better and it's easier to measure shit. I don't like when they have models like that, that aren't on a base. It annoys me. What about quad mortars? Um, I don't own any quad mortars. Oh, what a good guy. What a great guy. I'm not a gunline army guy. That shit puts me to sleep personally. It's like it's like oh I could spend these points on quad mortars and play, uh, play school forty k where I, or thirty k where I don't have to move anything and I just roll dice and we stare at each other while we roll dice and not move any models, with lock could, eyes and hold hands. Or I could like take something fun that I get to move around and try to fuck you up with. It's way more fun.
1: No, I agree. That's a uh, that's how that's how I've always rolled it. So
2: yeah, I don't. I own. Uh, I have three Thunderfire cannons for my. I I had them for 40k when I played Salamanders in 40k. Um, so I could, I guess, run those as Thunderfires for or as uh, quad mortars for my uh, um 30k Salamander army. But I've always I only ever play drop assault, so with drop pods with my salamanders so it wouldn't really quad mortars don't really fit with it. Have you ever played against an army that's just all about like interceptor and fucking you up when you come in? Yeah, I, we did that battle report against my buddy Scott's iron warrior army, remember? No. He had he had the two two units of two units of two quad mortars that were upgraded to phosphax and then he had a master signal in each unit, so both of those had interceptor then he had three 10-man veteran squads that were sniper that all had apothecaries with augury scanners in them. So that's three vet squads with interceptor. Then he had Petarabo, um attached to a unit of tyrant siege terminators. And Pederabo has a cognizant signum, which means they have an augury scanner. So that means those guys intercept. Mm. So he had two Phosphex quad border units that intercepted three 10 man veteran squads that intercepted and a tyrant siege terminator squad that intercepted. And what'd you do? Dropped in and lost two thirds of my army. <laughs> and that's I, okay. I, like that's how that works. Like that just I mean, I don't know what I don't have any other choice. I'm drop pods. What I mean, what do you what, do you, what am I supposed to do?
1: Man, I was only, uh, like I was hoping in my heart you were like here's the thing. This is what you do. This is how you handle not getting chewed up. Because I played, yeah. like, when Zach played Death Guard, uh, Zach played the Reaping Ride of War. Yeah. And so he played pretty much uh, Volkite, Auto Cannons, like every fucking heavy weapon you can.
2: Yeah. Put Augury Scanners on everything. And
1: put Augury Scanners on everything. And I'm running Raven Guard Decapitation Strike and trying to drop pod, you know.
2: Well, the every- problem, I only had one. So. I had one dread claw on the Army, which if you have dread claws, oh, I had a Charybdis, same thing. You know, if you have dread claws, you can get away from You can get get around that right because like in our videos, like I showed, you just deep strike because the augury scanner only works at an 18 inch range. So you just deep strike out of 18 inches with your dread claws, and then in the shooting phase, because they don't have any guns anyway, well I guess the the Charybdis does, but if you're doing this, you just don't shoot. So then in the shooting phase, because they count as a fast skimmer on the turn they land, a fast skimmer can move flat out in the shooting phase instead of shooting. So that's an 18 inch movement. So what you do is they have an 18 inch range with their augury scanner, so you just drop them 20 inches away and then move flat out 18 inches to where you would have dropped anyway. But their their opportunity to intercept is already passed. Gotcha because you didn't deep strike within the 18 inches of it during the movement, the movement phase. phase. Right. Hmm. So you can get around it. But my my salamander army is orbital assault, so I had one charybdis and a bunch of drop pods. You don't have an option with drop pods because wherever they land. And I have a bunch of guys with uh, melted guns and flamers, so landing more than 18 inches away doesn't do you any good. So, I mean, luckily, Fire Drakes and Vulcan are fucking scary, so the one-third of my army that lived was able to take care of the rest of the stuff. Um, I won won that game just barely. It was Dominion. So he started on a lot of the objectives. And like at the beginning of the game had a bunch of points and then as the game went on, I was killing his units off with the fire drakes and I landed. So my tactical squad guys and drop pods just like my normal bolter guys i dropped them way far back to stay out of range of his other stuff because you know you get to put these objectives wherever you want on the table before the game begins right so i made sure i put two because we're playing hammer and anvil i put two of them really far back like out of range of his quad mortars and all that at least out of the phosphex range not out of you can't get out of fucking quad mortar range because it's 60 goddamn inches but you can get out of the phosphex range so i made sure i put some way back so my when my tactical squads came in basically i didn't get to use them for anything other than landing on some objectives to score me some points and then my guys with melta's flamers my fire drakes and vulcan just dropped in to try to try to push him off his so it started with him immediately getting points and me not really getting that many because i'm dropped in and all my guys die and then as i killed his units and my second wave came in on those back objectives we started leveling out and what ended up happening is because Iron Warriors have a rule that in a game with random game length, you can force them to play a sixth turn. You don't right. have to roll and die. Right. So I, I ended up forcing him into turn six, and by that time I had killed all the scoring units, and I had fire drakes and two tactical squads left. So I was able to score three points on the last turn to pull it out. I Clutch. think I won... I think I pulled one by like two points or something like that. It was really super close. It was a really, really fun game. Hmm. That's but the only cool. thing, the only, cause I just basically told you about his whole army. The only thing he had in his army that didn't have intercept was a Medusa battery. And it doesn't need intercept. That was the game that I took a fire Raptor, and it was the first time I was going to try the fire Raptor with the, you know, brand new hell strikes with all right. the, and I was so fucking excited. And I shoot the hell strikes at the Medusa battery and roll four ones. <laughs> they just went off into the distance. They you shot. Know. They shot at them, and when they got about ten feet away, they like spiraled out of control, <laughs> like a Chinese firework. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny because I mean, you hit on twos, you know. It's because it's got strafing run, so it's like here's four four missile shots needing twos rolled four ones. No joke. Because
1: you called them missiles, you should have called yep. them
2: hittles. Or uh, rockets like orc. I usually call them rockets because I'm an orc player at heart. <laughs> but anyway, that was a super fun game,
1: dude. I really feel like the the meta is gonna move towards a orbital strike style list. Like I feel like Anvilus and Charybdis are gonna be the big thing at Adepticon,
2: and I feel like I was gonna say like, well, I mean, my meta here is already. There, we've been playing that since the get go because most people here played Pod Marines. Yeah, I feel like that's
1: going to be a big thing at Adepticon, and I feel like it's going to be it's going to be like a rock paper scissors thing. It's going to be people who like take drop pod armies. It's going to be people who intercept drop pod armies, and then it's going to be people who destroy gunline armies. So it's going to be like a like it's going to be like quad mortars, interceptors. Or drop pods. I feel. I feel like that's gonna be like.
2: You can intercept with drop with quad mortars. You just yeah. put mass signal with them.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I know that, but I'm just saying. Like, I feel like uh, there's gonna be armies against like built to kill gun lines, and I think really when everybody's designing an army, everybody designs their army like a lot of the list we get are designed to fight this like mysterious gun line of Imperial Fist <laughs> that like mysterious like gun line of. Like Iron Warriors or something, you know? Like, um,
2: yeah, I don't know. I mean, I felt like last year at Depticon, there was, like, a good mix of stuff. It really depends. I mean, if they do the competitive thing again, I mean, I felt like definitely... People definitely brought meaner stuff to that. I mean, if it's all narrative or whatever, I mean, I don't really see... There's not really any reason to, like, sit and go, uh, I really expect there to be this type of list I'm gonna build. Like, you know what I mean? It's narrative, so who really... Cares, I guess. I mean you still want to, you know, win, have a good army. I'm not saying don't try that, but you're not so worried about well, if I run into this hard counter or this or that, like you just and you play more narrative, it's just more just take stuff you like type thing. I gotcha. And I mean you can still build like uh I mean, like Scott, Scott's army, it's a little bit of a gun line, but the cool thing about his army is against a non-drop pod army. Because he has Pedarabo in his army. So Pedarabo and the Terminators can Deep Strike. And because he's running nothing but veterans, other than that, all of that stuff can go in reserve. So the only thing he really has to start on the board are the Quad Mortars and the Medusas. And then because Pedarabo rolls for reserve on turn one, he can outflank all 30 of those vets and Deep Strike those Termis in turn one. Good lord. So his list will function almost like an alpha strike style drop pod army on top of being a gun line and intercept army. His army does all three that you were just talking about.
1: You hear that listeners watch out for Proto Rabo and vets.
2: I was actually, me and him were talking about, I was talking about his list. I love his list. The one thing I would change in it would be to get rid of the Medusas and put oh. in uh, flyers in their place just to get those first-turn flyers? Well, you get first-turn flyers, and uh, I don't... I'm not a Medusa guy. Like, their range is too short, and it's easy to... Especially here, like I said, like, our meta, because we have so many Scorpus, whirlwinds, Quad Mortars, and shit like that anyway, like, everybody has to have, at least, like I said, you pretty much, to play here, you have to have something in your army designed to deal with that. Well, anything you have in your army designed to deal with Quad Mortars is going to be, like triply effective against Medusas because they're so much easier to kill than quad mortars. Yeah. So if you have, like I said, like a unit of javelins, like in my blood angel army that we were just talking about that come in, like that's just gonna, you know, just eat, till the eat those Medusas. No problem. Like the fact, I mean, I would have with my, uh, cause that the whole idea of my fire Raptor in my S- salamander army, it's the same thing. Comes in turn two, unloads all the missiles and shoots the main gun at them, gets rid of them. It just so happened I rolled four ones. It happens. (laughs) You know what I mean? But, you know, most of the time, you know, probably 75% of the time, I take those things out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not, I mean, so I don't really like him. I feel like if he had, like, his own fire raptor in the army or something like that, he would get way more mileage out of that. It'd be harder to kill. Then it's another one of those things where he doesn't have to deploy it, so it makes his army even more flexible you know, during deployment, then really all you're starting on the board are the the quad mortars. Hmm. And to be honest, you could, if you wanted to totally null deploy and even not put the quad mortars on, it's not that big a deal just to walk those on from the board edge. Turn one and just not fire them for turn one and then get a fire for the rest of the game. Basically deny your enemy a f- oh,
1: first turn and then like,
2: Right, because his army will function... With Petarabo in your army, it functions just like a drop pod army where you can not start anything on the board and then turn one roll for all your reserves. That's fucking brutal. So, like, drop pods, you're only going to get half your army because you don't roll anything. You just get half your army rounded up. Where Petarabo, at You know, odds are you're going to get two-thirds of your army. So you should actually get more of your army with Pederabo. Now, you could roll, like, absolute dog shit and get... Nothing. <laughs> Nothing and lose. But, you know, the, it's not a high possibility. That one bad dice could fuck your world up. So, I don't know. I mean, me and him had kind of talked about it. Like, you could replace his quad mortar batteries with Scorpus Whirlwinds. Because Scorpus Whirlwinds will... you? They, they still uh, fire if they move. They just fire one missile instead of one plus a D3. Right so you could put those in reserve and drive them on and still get to shoot the one missile from each tank and get them set up so that then they shoot whatever to kind of replace the quad mortars and kind of have the same army. They're easier to kill than quad mortars and probably not quite as good. They do some things quad mortars don't, like ignore. They usually ignore feel no pain and shit like that because they're strength 8, which is nice. Um, And they're AP3, which he's got phosphex on his. So his quad mortars are AP3, but they don't ignore Feel No Pain or anything like that. So there's a give and take to all of it. But I really, really, really like his list. So he's coming to Adepticon with us next year. Now that list, I just went over 2,500 points. Like you can't do that at Adepticon because, you know, it's only 2,000 points. I think they're bumping it. Are they going to?
1: I think everybody's pushing them to bump it. Mark Rayleigh, bump it to twenty five hundred.
2: Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if people get the. I mean, I I would get my games finished, but some people play slower. I I, I think people get the games finished. I don't think that's a problem. Mm, yeah, I don't know. It just
1: kills. He just kills faster.
2: <laughs> it seems like I got. There's guys here that play super fucking slow. Like every time we have an event here, I have like three hour rounds, and there's still people dragging ass. I don't know. I think the first round would be kind of rough, but I think every round after that would be all right. But we'll regardless. see. I'll be happy. I'll be happy with whatever they do. I'm hoping that they do what they were talking about and make the narrative longer. Cause that was the thing I enjoyed the most. Yeah. I <laughs> would probably rank it narrative. I liked the rules f- well, I don't know. Like I liked, I guess I liked the zone Mortalis and the competitive equally. I wasn't a giant fan of the rules for the competitive, but I got to meet my buddy Duncan from Kentucky. That's come up and played with us a couple of times. Super cool guy that I played in the last round. And I got to meet Eric, the guy that ran the team tournament and play yeah. with him. So that was fun. So I liked meeting and playing with those guys, but all my, like I played, um, uh, Is it Zach? I, can't, I played so many people. The guy that played Imperial Fists. Is that Zach Paget? No, yeah, he played Ultramarines. Zach Marine. Padgett was Ultramarines with Guillermo. I played that. Damn it. I know he's on the Free Buddhist Forum. His name's Kronk on the Free Buddhist Forum, but I can't remember his real name in real life. But I played him in the zone. That was probably one of my favorite games of the whole weekend. So, I don't know. Like, I like both those, but I definitely like the narrative better, just overall. Like, I liked all the games I played. I got to meet you guys, plus I liked all the rules for the narrative. So, I, I hope that that is a longer experience next to I'd be really happy if that was a two-day thing. Yeah. I mean, be- I don't even... I wouldn't be sad if I didn't play in, like, the competitive-style event with, like, the Swiss and shit. I could do without it.
1: If they do, If they do a two-day narrative, I'd be very happy with that. But if they did a one-day narrative and competitive on the second day, I'd be fine with that as well.
2: That's what they did. Last this, year. This year. Yeah. yeah. Or this so, year, yeah. Yeah. I was fine with it. But I, like I said, I if I had my choice, I would rather... If I had my choice, I'd just take a three-day narrative. It'd be fucking awesome. That'd be some Play work. seven seven games. How cool would that be? Do like three, two, and two? That'd be real. I
1: just uh the only thing that i th- like one of the things that kinda was off about it was those like mega tables, like the mega tables they had they were like you know three on three
2: well what the, all they have to do there is just do like what a lot of other people like I'm doing it for my event, I think you're doing it for stiff, whether you just bring two points level of list right and then um you the the way I'm doing it at my event, I don't know how you guys are doing it, you have to bring two points level of list both lists have to be the exact same faction. Like they both have to be salamanders or they both have to be militia with the same like providence, you know, all that shit. Right. And the only other thing that your list have to share is the warlord. So like if you have, uh, as is your warlord in your 2000 point list. He also has to be your warlord in your 2,500 point list. But other than that, the whole entire composition of the list can be different from list to list. We didn't do that with the warlords, but
1: it's a uh, 2500 and 2000 have to be from the same faction, same army, and your 2000 point list is going to be for team games. Every every other game you play is going to be individual games, 2500 right. points, one. That's how
2: I'm doing mine. So they could do that at Adepticon like for the they could do like um you know I I think that the 2 on 2 was fine. I think everybody finished their 2 on 2. The only table that was a problem was the three on three because everybody's playing 2000 points so that's 6000 points on 6000 points and I think the, we only made it, I think we made it to turn four or The Valley of three.
1: Kings was what it was called
2: yeah it was cool but I don't think anybody finished it
1: no we didn't we definitely yeah, didn't
2: and, and we didn't in the second round either because we I felt bad because I made that one well, I didn't make him I just our strategy was to have him put more and all those Death Shroud and that fucking Spartan in reserve and it never came in like the entire game. Like just did not come in.
1: Mortarian just never showed up.
2: Yeah, because we finished the game on turn three. Brutal. So, but anyway, yeah, all I got done for hobby progress was um all those attack bikes and then did some basing and stuff for those Avengers. And then I've been writing rules uh like crazy for my event that's happening on November fifth. How do so. people get to that event? Do you got any tickets open? I will likely have tickets open. But like I said, I need to finish this players pack. I should fit have it done by the middle of this week. I have my game night um tomorrow. Well, I guess today. It's it's 1 30 in the a.m. here right now on Saturday morning. Yep. So at uh th- about 3 p.m. today, people will show up for game night. So I'm gonna start taking sign up money and all that. So I'm going to give my game club local game club guys an opportunity to sign up now and then I'll send the player pack out Wednesday and then I'll probably open it up to if anybody, you know, any outsiders want to come this weekend. So I'll post it up on probably the ND 30k Facebook page, which I believe is an open page.
1: How many dudes are you going to have? Like what's the limit on number?
2: So we're going to have 10 tables. Um so that's a minimum 20 right there, but we're going to have up to four tables. I think we can do uh team tables. So okay. that would that would be another what eight guys? So the maximum I think we could have is twenty-eight. Baller which is, town. Which isn't bad for having it in my basement. I would love to have an event in your basement. So and I got I got I feel like I got super legit terrain. I mean, we don't have any mic like, I have I'll have um Two tables with the Games Workshop grass mats, you know, with terrain on them, and then everything else is, like, custom, you know, terrain that I've built.
1: I've seen your tables, dude. They look great. My favorite's that, like, uh, that winter table with all the trees all over it.
2: Winter. I don't have a winter table. The Mm -hmm. swamp board behind me? Swamp board with all the trees. This one? Yeah, I guess it's gray. Yeah, It's green. It's green. It's just my camera grays it out, I guess. It's yeah, three. that
1: one with all the trees. Do those trees move, or like nope. how do you, how do you? That's drive, my like... that's my
2: one table that's not modular at all. There's how... the they're spaced out enough where you can usually fit tanks in it. If you want to park your tank on top of it, it just sits at an angle. You set it on the tree. Like, how does like a fell blade drive through there? Does it not? Um. Well, I mean, I you, like I said, you just have to kind of get creative. <laughs> set it on top <laughs> of the trees. They'll bend up. Can you see? Yeah, I see them like they'll bend over pretty well. They're just a metal wire in a tree, so it's pretty durable. I have to build my like I said I got a bunch of like drunk 30-year-olds that are going on 8 years old. Okay. That play here, so you got to build your terrain pretty pretty tough and you can't have can't get upset when things break, I guess. So you know, you just got to be ready with glue and paint to repair whatever gets broken. It's all part of the job. I can't tell you how many times I've touched up that ISFON board just <laughs> countless times. <laughs> Truly is a death a death field. So, but um yeah, I think the event will be fun. So, I'm going to like I said I'll post it up on uh the Indy 30K Facebook page and probably the Ohio Facebook page. But that guy I was just talking about Duncan from Kentucky. Um, him and his buddy jack are coming up from kentucky and my buddy scott that i was telling you about the iron warriors army he lives in louisville so he lives in kentucky as well so those three kentucky guys are coming and then i got a couple friends that live in detroit both named dave um so i'm gonna invite them so maybe they'll come down and then we got a ton of local guys so
1: hell yeah dude getting the 30k getting 30k on love it. So
2: hopefully I can get some of those heretical Ohio guys to come over and then we can have like four four states battling it out, which That'd is kind of cool. fucking great. This is a nice thing about living in the Midwest. The states are a lot smaller and then because I live in central Indiana, to drive from like the middle of Kentucky, the middle of Ohio, the middle of Michigan, and the middle of Illinois is all like 5 hours or less to get here. So it's not bad.
1: You're like the crossroads of all the states, man. In the Midwest.
2: That's what we're called. The Crossroads of America. That's the name of Indiana. Oh, my bad. Didn't know that. Yeah. We're just the crossroads. Because the, the- we got all the trade and shit that comes in off the Great Lakes. You know, and then you got like Chicago, the Big City, and all that. And like a lot of flights come through here, through Indianapolis. Like, if you look like... A, I don't know, can't tell you how many layovers end up in Indianapolis, but we're like layover central. So... A lot of people have been to Indiana for a couple hours.
1: (laughs) You can't, can't avoid it. You're gonna be there at one point in your life.
2: Yeah. So, I don't know. It's pretty cool. I like living here.
1: That's cool, man. I'm excited for your event, dude. I'm excited to see how that turns out. Definitely looking forward to seeing some of those pictures from those uh,
2: propane armies y'all got up there. Yeah. I'll send you uh, when I get this players pack done this week. I'll send you a copy of it. So, like I said, if you guys want to steal any ideas you guys are more than welcome to oh we will we'll gladly steal ideas we'll steal ideas from every event yeah i'm gonna send it to the eye of horse guys too i know tim tim's got a giant boner for how to run events and people's missions and all that so
1: yeah man we uh we break down like for our event we basically uh took a lot of the stuff we learned from adepticon stiff two stiff one and alamo gt all 30k events we took like oh it's like a culmination of everything we learned from those events plus the wolf layer chat thing yeah that we're a part of with all the other podcasts yeah like asking questions in there and see how like they run things and all that so we're pulling like a lot of information for everything like that i think we're gonna have like a very solid solid event with like uh with different
2: rules and everything like that for south texas and flames 3 super looking forward to it man this is the most legit event i've ran i'm spending a lot of time on the rules so the way mine are gonna work is every table that i have will have three custom missions on it okay so the way it'll work is if the you'll score control points for table so like say the loyalists win on a table, they'll get to put some control points on it, depending on their level of victory. They'll either get one, two or three control points for that table. Okay. So if, if they have more control points on a given table than the traders, then they own that table for the next round. So if, if a table is owned by the loyalists, there's a, a mission specifically tied to that table for, if the loyalists control it, if the traders control it, then it's a different mission on that same table for the traders controlling it. And if it's neutral, if, if they both have the same amount of points or neither team has points on it, then it has a different mission for being neutral. Hmm. That's pretty cool. And then the other cool thing about it is so, and also, so like you'll have different deployments too. So like it may be if the loyalists own it, you know, it's hammer and anvil with this mission. If the traders own it, it may be ambush with this mission. If you know, whatever, um, The other thing I'm doing is a lot of the missions are going to be asymmetrical. So like the loyalists may be trying to win kill points while the traders are trying to claim objectives. So the way that works is so when you count kill points like the loyalists or like even though the loyalists have to win kill points to earn their primary objective, the traders still count kill points. Because they don't want the loyalists to succeed in their primary. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. So, so if the loyalists get more kill points, then they'll score their primary. But the traders need to win on the objectives. So, if, a lot of the tables, both both sides will be able to win the primary. Because, like, if the traders have more objectives and the loyalists have more kill points, then they both check their primary. They both won primary. Gotcha okay and then what then then you'll have secondaries so like the loyalists may have primary kill points secondary table quarters and the traders may have primary uh, objectives uh, secondary uh, I'm trying to think of some other things I have uh, that uh, tide of carnage where it's like the different zones or whatever so, if, the loyal, if both the traders and loyalists score their primary, they basically cancel each other out, so then you go to secondaries. If the traders then win their secondary and the loyalists don't, then the traders would win a minor victory on that table and get one control point. Gotcha. Sounds complicated. It, eh, not really. Because you, you're basically just going to have a score sheet, and you'll have your your objectives and their objectives. So, like, if, if you complete your primary, you just check the box. If you complete your check in secondary, you check the box. And the same thing they do. And then at the end of the game, you just compare. Like, I I got my primary. Did you? Yes. Okay. Then we go to secondaries. Did you get yours? No. Did I get mine? Yes. Okay. Well, then I, like then I look at this chart and it says if nobody got primary and one person got secondary, it's a minor victory for the person that got the secondary. Which is, like, what? Two control it's points? Or? One Minor victory is one control point. A victory, it, which is basically win on primaries, is two. And then a crushing victory is if you score both your primary and secondary and your opponent gets neither, then you get three. But that should be pretty rare.
1: Hmm. Fancy. I'd love to see that player pack, man.
2: I'd love to see what that looks like. See some of those missions, especially. Yeah, And the other thing I'm doing... Uh, For this tournament is at the beginning of before the first round even begins. I'm going to give each of the general five control points where they get to walk around and put them on the tables they want to put them on. So some of the tables are going to start under loyalist and traitor control to uh, basically like represent them like having their base of operations before everything like kicks off. So. I think uh, I think it'll be pretty neat. I got some pretty pretty cool ideas. Yeah, it sounds sounds like it's gonna be a good time. But writing, like I said, thirty custom missions was kind of difficult to come up with that many ideas.
1: Yeah, no, I can only imagine by yourself. Are you running? Are you doing that all by yourself? Or
2: uh, my buddy Nick it helped me a little bit. He wrote he wrote the missions for three of the tables, and I wrote the mission. For For seven of the tables good god and then i had to write the overall like event scoring system and i came up with the idea for how the asymmetrical missions would work and you know basically i came up with the overall theme the event was
1: it based off of like what's the narrative side of it um
2: it's just going to be like a generic it's supposed to be like the traders are pushing towards the soul system so the loyalists have this uh Star system, and they know that they're not going to be able to hang on to it. So they're they're just trying to hang on to it as long as they can, and punish the traitors for as long as they can, and like, you know, kill, take as mi- you know, kill as many of them as they can, and make it as difficult, and then try to flee the system with as much like materials and shit they can take with them, while also blowing up any of the infrastructure that they can't take with them. Fuck so yeah, traders. scorched earth. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of the idea. So a lot like of the missions. A lot of the missions are written with that in mind. Like, I have a table that has a bunch of, like, buildings and fortifications on it, like bastions and landing pads and shit like that. It's like an airfield-type table. So if it's neutral, uh, basically each building counts as an objective at the end of the game. So if you're just standing within three inches of a building and and it's uncontested, then you'll, you know, it's like holding an objective type thing. So, every table, so it's basically like both sides trying to take control of this airfield. If the loyalists then hold it, then um, the next uh, game round, the traders want to keep it intact. So, they're not trying to kill the buildings. They're just trying to recapture the buildings again. And then the loyalists are just trying to score kill points because they're just trying to kill the traders and the traders are trying to take the buildings. If the traders uh, earn the airfield, then it becomes that they need to keep the buildings alive, and the loyalists are trying to blow the buildings up because the loyalists are going to retreat anyway. So they don't give a fuck if they're intact, right? So it, that's why I mean, like each mission changes depending on who controls the table at any given time.
1: Are uh, are, are you going to run it by yourself, or you got somebody else who's going to help you? No, nah, I'm running it by myself.
2: Dang, I, that's why I'm writing such an extensive player pack, and I have like all my rule bases covered where people can. Take care of themselves. Yeah. And then what's going to happen is it's a $25 entry fee, but that's going to buy you a lunch and it's going to be a legit lunch. My wife, who's a professional fucking chef, is going to make like some super badass food and like epic level desserts. And I'm going to help her make that and plate it while everybody's playing the first round and get that all ready to go for people to eat after the first round's over. Fuck yeah. So we're gonna have some mind blowing food and dessert at the event too. If you if you already weren't sold at the what what do you call the event? I don't know yet. I, well the uh, it's gonna be Circle City Heresy is what uh, we're gonna start calling our event series Circle City Heresy, and then they'll have like a little like sub name based on you know that particular event. If you already weren't sold on Circle City Heresy, now you know there's gonna be five-star dinner yeah i'm gonna i'm calling it service city heresy because i want to make those fucking baller shirts i designed a long time ago for my big event that never happened but (laughs) i still want to make those shirts because they look so fucking cool you deserve it so i think i'm gonna try to just go ahead and have them printed up for the event and just have them just like have several of each size printed and then just sell them for what i have in them to anybody who wants to buy them for the game club or whatever because i had that those battle mallet shirts that i have yeah. I had like fucking 40 of those printed up and they sold. Like everybody bought them. Cause I mean, you can get them printed for so, for pretty cheap. Like at least I can cause I have a, my cousin works for fucking Redline Graphics, which that's all they do. So I can get it at cost. So, like, yeah, you know, it's not that bad. I'll totally buy one of your Circle City Heresy shirts. Do you yeah, want a traitor one or a loyalist one? The loyalist ones are blue with gold uh, like logos and shit on them. And the traitor ones are, uh, red with white on them. Red with white. Not because I'm a traitor,
1: but because I'm a blood angel player. Well, it'll like- safe,
2: but it has the, it says, it has the eye and it says for the war master on the sleeve. And you know then what? the, the loyalist one has the Aquila and it says for the emperor on the sleeve. It'll just be before, like right
1: before Horus turned, because at that point they were still like, yeah, war master's badass for the war master. And they're like, "Oh, what a dick!" And they had to like scratch it off their shoulder. This will be like right before he decided to be all oh, asshole, yeah, and be corrupted and shit.
2: So, what'd you do for hobby progress? Let's do yours and then we'll talk about stiff.
1: Uh, dude, hobby progress has been super busy on my end. Uh, still working on drop pods and everything like that. Of course, uh, I finally got. All, all those extra seven painted up. I still got to do the rivets on them, and I also have to do the uh, decals on them as well, those Blood Angels decals you sent. So I got to cut those suckers out and get them put on those drop pod doors. And I have all the fins and everything primed up for the drop pods, the Dreadnought drop pods. So I have thir- six, six times three, so 18 fins. And then I left these three right here off. You can see them behind me because yep. I put that drop pod together like an idiot. So – because I had to see how those magnets worked out. So those are all primed up,
2: but I got to get those painted red. Um, the, those decals were funny because you were like, I need these decals. And I got out my, like, big thing of decals, and I went to go – I got my scissors to cut the – just to cut them off the sheet. Yeah. And then I was, I was like, looking at the stack of sheets, and I started counting the sheets, and I'm like, I have 46 sheets of this fucking one decal sheet and you needed like i can't remember how many decals you needed but it was like a total of six sheets because there's like two decals per sheet or something yeah i was like he can just have the <laughs> he just have the sheet <laughs> like it's not even worth my effort to cut these out <laughs> I'm telling so you, man. you got plenty of decals now for different legions if you want to start a different legion
1: yeah if anybody needs any decals let me know i got them I just needed the Blood Angel logo, the medium-sized Blood Angel logo to go on my door. Like, those doors came out super nice with just, like, that really simple, like, Blood Angel logo. Mm-hmm. Like, I was look, worried sure. that I was not going to be, like... I-, I was really worried they were going to look too plain without, like, painting them Well, they're going to look
2: right. like they face the table when they're open and nobody's going to see them anyway. That's the suck
1: thing. That is suck. I didn't even think about that till just now. Thank you.
2: Well, I did all those. So imagine I have uh, eight normal drop pods, three Dreadnought drop pods, and three Deathstorm drop pods that are all painted and line highlighted. And You know how I line highlight the fuck out of everything? And I paint every rivet, and then you Mm -hmm. set them down and open all those doors and you don't see any of it. God dang it. Well, actually, hold
1: on. Not true. My second part of my hobby progress is I'm working on my my display board for Adepticon.
2: Well, you'll see them on the display board, but when you're playing the game and people are taking pictures of your army in action, they ain't seeing any of that shit. All the doors are open. Hey, people are going to take pictures of my
1: display board. It's going to happen. And then you'll see all my nice closed-up drop pods. So let let me talk to you guys about this, all you listeners out there. So I've been working on my display board, and with my display board, I actually went to, like, Reddit, and I asked people, like, Hey, well, because for Adepticon, I'm taking a a Blood Angel Dreadnought list. It's a Fury of the Ancients list. I have a bunch of Dreadnought Drop Pods. I bought the Dreadnought Drop Pods before they got the bump in points, so I kind of got fucked in that aspect of it all, but you know, it's okay. Not crying. But uh, so I built this list specifically for Adepticon, got Ryan's help on how to paint red. And so I have this army just, like, ready to go, but I needed a display board to show it off. Well, I basically determined that I wanted to do a a drop pod hanger. And so I went to Reddit, asked these guys, like, what they think a drop pod hanger would look like or maybe if there was, like, some fluff on what it looked like and all this stuff. And people were pointing me towards the... uh, uh, Horse Rising, the part where they're talking about being the drop-pot hanger, and then... Uh,
2: there's a word-bearer book, too. It's the word-bearer world of your book, Betrayer, where Argyle Tall and, and Karn are talking on the deck, the the launch deck, and Angron comes in there and acts like a fucking meathead like he always does and right. uh, pisses off Argyll Tall. They talk about it there, and then there's a little bit of uh, fluff about it when they uh, when the lion... Uh, for whatever reason, lets Kurz run around on his ship and escape via Drop Pod and launch all the Drop Pods with the Dark Angels in it. Yeah. an Unremembered Empire.
1: So, I mean, basically, I think the... Well, I, I got a pretty good idea of what I wanted to do. And there was a lot of people that said that the Drop Pods... Basically, there's like a big door and all the drop pods just hang on the side. And then there are some people that were like, "Well, yeah, some some do that." And then like basically I guess they just like release zero gravity or whatever and they just like shoot out the door like when they use the planet's yeah. gravity to pull them down or whatever. And then uh, there was a a video that somebody sent me that was from the PS2 game Tau Fire Warrior. Okay. Where there's actually like an image of like this pentagon shape a door opening up and a drop pod falling out. And I was like, that's like exactly what I plan on doing right there. So like, it's a Pentagon shape drop pod falls out. Like the doors open drop pod comes down and like, you see the little jets poof, shoot it down. All that shit. I've always
2: imagined them. I mean, I, I don't, they wrote the fluff for it. I've always imagined them being like on a, like a catapult system, like fucking battle star where they put the vipers in the tube and like, like actually shoot them out. Uh, at one point
1: they're talking about the, in Horse Rising, they talk about it being inside of a tube, and they're waiting for the coils to,
2: like, charge up. So it's like, mag, like almost like a railgun, like it's like, uh, Yeah, they get basically, like, get
1: railgunned out of a tube. So what I'm doing is, for my stuff, I'm basically going to make it look like, it's going to be flat, c- completely flat, and I'm going to have... Pentagon doors. I'm gonna have eight Pentagon doors for my dr- that my drop pods sit on top of. I'm gonna laser cut out of uh, three millimeter uh, styrene doors that sit that the drop pod sit on top of, like basically like interlocking doors. And each of those spots is gonna have my dreadnought drop pod on top of it. And I'm going to uh, originally I was planning on using Sentinel legs, but I think I'm gonna need a lot more Sentinel legs than I thought I had, but we'll see unless somebody out there can recommend a like a, a a mechanical arm somewhere like if you could do that I'd I'd love it but uh but I'm happy can- like like a sentinel leg but not a sentinel leg you know
2: um okay
1: I don't know I, mean, I I I also think that if it came down to it and if I needed to design it I could design it up and then cut out the parts I needed with a laser, and like cut them out and like mass mass them out if I had to. But we'll, we'll see. Like it, it's it's still it's still in the the baby steps right now. But one of the big things that I was worried about was, and we actually talked about this on the last episode, was the flooring. Like how I was going to do flooring. Yep. And you were sending me some links for different uh, different companies that made flooring. And uh, what I ended up doing was I took my Zomortalis board, ran a scroll saw, and cut out a uh, three by three square mm-hmm. section, cast it up, cast a mold of it, and then resin cast that section. And so far I've made four copies of it, and I need 16 of them. And what I'll end up doing is I'll resin cast, well, I'll, I'll hold them all together with, with resin and like to glue them all together and all that jazz.
2: So what are you going to do for your walls? I sent you like some links to different things to like make walls out of it.
1: Uh, I'm not going to do any walls. Okay. So what it's going to be, it's going to be a giant two by two tile tile. And then what's going to be cool about it is we're going to use that tile. Hopefully. I mean, I should, I should absolutely be done by South Texas flame Three. but we're going to use that tile for terrain. Like, like you had mentioned. So, yeah, which we wouldn't have done that if you hadn't had you not mentioned it. So
2: that's how I do all my display boards. Cause I'm not going <laughs> to spend all that time and effort making something like that. And then not ever, you know, use it. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys. Like I don't like building shit to park on a, you know, spinning mirror,
1: like yeah. for display. Like <laughs> I
2: want to, I want to utilize all my stuff. So yeah, we'll have like
1: a giant two by two customs and more task board. Uh, and also I actually talked on the phone today with uh with
2: Chris with um uh PowerPlay Games. The guy who does the LED stuff that was at Adepticon giving out all the like gift cards and stuff. You got it. Yeah. yeah. I won like three of his gift cards at Adepticon. I don't do any of the LED stuff, so I gave him there's a guy, he's uh he's on the freeboot he's a captain i think he's a captain now in the army he's a captain for like a mobile artillery unit in the army and he's really good with electronics and he builds like all kinds of bane blades and sh- like he you know he plays 40k 30k um and i gave him i think two of my three gift cards and then my buddy jamie he plays tau in 40k and he does a lot of leds i gave him the other one but they got all the stuff that they got from him they really liked
1: yeah he uh What was cool about them, and I mean, if anything, like if, and this is kind of like a plug for them, if anything, because I was so happy with it, with Chris, it's Chris Wessling is the guy's name. I shot him a message on Facebook and I said, hey, uh, I'm looking at doing this project. I just need to know which one of your kits I need to get. And so he told me, hey, shoot me an email of exactly what you want to do. And so I typed up, I was like, hey, look, I want to do... Uh, 40 LEDs, 35 of them are going to be red LEDs, and five of them are going to be yellow LEDs. They're going to be on a two by two board, and they need to be pulsing. And the yellows need to have a different pulse rate than the than the the red ones. And so he called me, and he called he actually called me today, but I was at work, so unfortunately I couldn't talk to him. But uh, he he's he's like, hey man, I got an hour and a half of drive, and you know that that I can do hands free and, and talk to you. And we can talk about your project, and, I, and unfortunately, I couldn't talk to him. So I called him back after work, and he like basically just like like as as like close to an expert as you could talk to about this stuff. He's like, "This is what you need." He's like, "You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this." Like he took my project, how he envisioned it, and he's like, "This is how this would work," and he completely like built me out a custom solution and like a flat-out custom order and all that stuff he's like just draw me what he said draw me a basic diagram of what you're trying to do like how far you think they'll be spread apart and i'll get the right lengths cut for the wire and we'll send it so basically like he's sending me a, a plug and play like wired up all you gotta do is put a battery and, like
2: well i noticed like i try to observe people like you can tell when somebody's passionate about stuff like at adepticon whenever he wasn't running his booth, like whenever the vendor hall would close, I don't know if you remember, but when we were playing that big game, um, just on my table where we just threw a bunch of shit down. Yep. He came walking around and was looking at Janice and looking at the LEDs and was like, you could tell he was like studying it. And he said something to Josh about, you know, we could do this, this, and this to add to this, to make it better. Right. Um, and I see him doing that with other stuff. Like he was walking around looking at other stuff and you could see the gears turning behind his eyes about, you know, I would do LEDs here or do this or do that. So it's pretty cool that he actually seems, you know, fairly, you know, passionate about that. It's not just like, oh, I want to make money. Like he actually wants to make and create something cool.
1: Well, he was telling me like, it was, it was crazy because he was telling me that the, the, c- cause I told him, I was like, okay, I'm not, I, I basically, I told him, I was like, I, I see your website and I understand like you sell these kits, but I don't know like, how these kits work. Like, I don't understand how I'm supposed to... And I'm an IT guy, so, like, when I look at something like this and I don't understand it, it's like, this is pretty fucking complicated to me, like, reading, like, what is a power kit and, like, what is an FX controller? And, like, I was like, I don't understand what the fuck any of this is. And he, like, broke it down. He goes, look, you buy the LEDs, they get a, like, a chip, like a power chip, and then that chip is controlled by the FX controller and that FX controller can control 3 of these chips and i was like oh i was like okay that fucking makes sense i was like okay i get that and then like once he started explaining everything i was like holy shit i was like so basically like everything is is uh, is plug and play like you just like okay i want to add this on if i want it to strobe i need to put it to an FX controller this FX controller has 3 modules that i can control at a time uh, if I want to add more, I need another FX controller. And like he like starts explaining everything. He's like, yeah, he's like everything we built is completely modular. Like if you want to build a system, like no matter how complicated it gets, like you can build an entire system with their components to like it, scales. It. it scales, it scales perfectly. up. And yeah. it, it was I was like, fuck, dude. I was like, this is really impressive. Like this is really nice. He said they did that so you're not gonna be this like gamer at like with 20 hours behind like soldering and stuff like trying to get everything right
2: like you said it all plugs and then the other thing that way I understand it now I don't own I don't own any of the stuff like you said you're an IT guy you don't get it I like you like I dig holes for a living or like move coal like I'm like a fucking like caveman level technology guy like if you can't you know fix it with a hammer or like a drill or something like that, then it ain't happening on my end. So <laughs> I have never messed with any of that stuff. So when I won those gift certificates, I get, like I said, I gave it to my friends. Now they went and looked at it because they have a lot of experience with LEDs. And they said that he uses high quality stuff because I guess the other problem that people run into when you use cheaper stuff or you have to solder it is you'll end up with getting bad LEDs and you'll run all these wires and solder shit and get it in there. And then they'll burn out or not work or whatever. And then you're like all that work's wasted. You got to strip it all out and redo it. You know what I mean? Where his stuff, he uses high quality components that you're not going to have issues like that.
1: Dude. Another thing that I really like, I noticed when talking to him is he, of course he was trying to get me like the perfect solution. So he was, like offering, he's like, He's like, yeah, man. Uh, he goes, I don't know how bright you want it to be, but we offer fiber optics. And like, he was like, basically like not trying to sell me. He was like, he's like, this would be cheaper if you went this route. And I was like, no, I was like, I want the I want the lights to be sticking out. Like, I don't want fiber optic. Like, I'm not trying to get light in a certain area. I want the lights to be sticking out to where it looks like a bulb on the ground. Right. And he's like, he's like, okay. But like, what was really cool is he's a gamer too. So, like, he he started this, like, this store and industry with the idea of he, like, he played Warhammer before he started doing this. So, like, he knew what a drop pod was. He knew, like, what a, like, Zomortimes right. board was. So, like, he immediately just, like, came into the game and he's, like he's like, okay, you have drop pods. And, like, he's, like, using the, like, the vernacular that, you know, us gamers know. And, like, it, it was just a, it was...
2: Well, it's like when you call, like, it was not, like, even though he... For an example, this is just an example out there. It's like when I call Josh and want to order a Yeti cup, and yeah. if I want some nerdy shit on it, he knows what it is. It's not like I'm calling some other guy that makes cups that just builds Harleys, and you're like trying to explain what a fucking snow elf or whatever it is, and they're like, The fuck?
1: You know, I'll tell <laughs> like, you, like when
2: you find somebody like
1: that knows your stuff, like dealing with your buddy Kurt, like that was fucking awesome. Just because it was like, Hey, man, I think it'd be cool if there were space marines and they were doing this. And, like, if they, you know, they had like this and that. Like, he just knew, like, he knows the whole, like, everything yeah. Yeah. in the grim, dark universe, man. It,
2: I can't wait to see. Because, I mean, we got the first gen mock ups. So I can't wait to see, like, the finished product.
1: Yeah, man. Too bad we can't even talk about it on the episode. We're going to have to surprise you guys what we'll be doing.
2: Yeah.
1: But, but yeah, man. Like, I'm, it, it was such a good experience. So, anyway, so LED kit, man. I got, Zomortalis, I'm casting up Zomortalis, uh tiles. I've got to find out the best way to glue all these together. I'm thinking I'm going to do some like JB Weld style kind of thing to hold them all together, but I'm definitely going to have to pin them to stick them all together. And yeah. once they're all done, then I will start working on the actual drop pod doors and I'll run a drill bit through them to run LEDs up through. So, it's gonna be a fun display board. It's gonna be a fun
2: tile to play on, too. So, well, they're solid, they're like, uh, what, like three eighths of an inch thick and they're solid resin, right? Yes. don't you just drill into the side on each side, like whatever, and just put pins where you glue, put glue and then just put pin them together.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking I was gonna do. Just, yeah, just pin work. it all. And then also, I mean, today, actually, right before you got off of work and we started recording. Uh, I picked up and I still have more that I have to pick up, but I picked up these, uh, these armor crates, the, what are they called? Munitorum armored crate containers. Yep. And so I picked up some of these just to be on my display board. And then of course during stiff, we're going to have a board that's going to be like a lot of these containers. But from, from my display board, I got to paint up like a bunch of little blood angels, armored containers. And, uh, I don't know, man. I There's the a bunch.
2: Roof. One of the, those websites that I sent you with a lot of that spaceship stuff. Uh-huh. Almost all those websites are where I got all my like uh, terrain that I have for my Zone Mortalis board. I'm gonna have like to all the it. they have like different size shipping containers. They have little shipping crates, all that. So I I know you've seen pictures of my Zone Mortalis board with all the furniture in it and all the, like the shipping containers and mm-hmm. weapon racks and all that shit. All that stuff came from those websites I sent you links to. I have to check it out because we need a bigger shipper shipping
1: container, one that fits a one that fits a vehicle in it.
2: Well, they don't I don't think they have anything like that. I don't know. You could look at do you remember there's a game called AT forty three? Yep. That game has shipping containers that look more like the traditional style that we have now, like a mod like not Connect. a few... Yeah, like those. They look almost just like those. And they're slightly larger than the GW ones probably half again as big you can find them on eBay every once in a while. That's actually, I actually have, I think I have some, I think I have a couple, but, um, yeah, if you just type in AT 43 shipping container on eBay, you can find them. That's what's up. And you might be able to Now those GW ones. They look like they're fairly modular. You could just glue maybe multiples together to make one big container about
1: that I don't think they're so. not
2: like a they're not like a bastion kit like where you can just glue multiple together mm, no not really oh i see because the walls curve in on the
1: yeah yeah, the, yeah. these curve down and there's like sl- they're slotted basically you have to trim all the tabs off of that and glue them together i mean you could i guess but then you have the the door well,
2: the, AT, the at43 ones are just square so you may be able to get multiple AT-43 ones and, like I said, cut sides out of them and put multiples together or something. I don't know.
1: No, no. I'm not too worried about it. It's for a, a stiff three table. Not so much my display table, but I'm pretty sure Chris will figure it out. That's his table he's working on. I'm working on a completely separate table, the graveyard table. But, but yeah. I'm pretty happy with him. I'm pretty happy with... the. Uh, not only the containers, the containers look badass, but also they came with rules, man. I was kind of looking at some of those rules. If I ever have 40 points left over, I'm running these containers in a 30K game. <laughs> Absolutely. Where well, there's a 1-6 chance I'm going to get a free land strike. It's kind of cool. <laughs> and then there's also a 1-6 chance I'm going to get attacked by some, like, rogue Xenos creature inside the cage. It's pretty cool, man. There's some cool rules behind it. I don't know if you've read them or...
2: Nah. I'm like I said, I'm not opposed to it. Like we were talking about on the phone earlier, I would play against it. I'll send you, i send you, I'll send you a picture of the rolls, dude. They're they're pretty funny. I, I got them. I got a whole box. Remember, we just talked. I got to make a semi trailers out of some.
1: Yeah, man. There's a, there's a chance that fucking a shield generator could pop out of one of them.
2: <laughs> it's like it's it's all
1: random. Like it, you, you roll for like the container, and like of it can have it a Xenos creature inside of it. It could have a nothing of note. You could have uplifting primers inside of it. You <laughs> could have archaeotech ammunition, a shield generator, or orbital comms relay, which is a free, infinite range, strength ten AP one ornits one large blast orbital comms barrage. Like just nasty. Yeah, 10-1. That's what
2: the iron the iron warrior player playing fucking iron fire needs it so he gets to put counters down and then. You only get to use it
1: one time though. It's a one time use. And it's, 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 if you roll a six on the dice, so yeah, but yeah, super cool. I'm definitely taking them if I ever have 40 points left over, just cause they're going to be blood angeled out. And if you have a fortification on the board, do you lose immediately? What do you mean? Like, how does that work?
2: Oh, does it count as a unit? Yeah.
1: If like, you know so you're saying
2: you just want to start that on the table and nothing else?
1: Yeah. Would you lose?
2: I don't think it counts because if that were the case, because you could cheat and just buy a landing pad which has no stats to destroy it, like okay. a landing pad's invincible. Cause, so, you could just buy a landing pad and never lose by not having units on the board.
1: You're fair. That's right.
2: Yeah, this is a they're toughness
1: seven, six wounds, three plus save. Yeah. For the for the containers. Yeah, I was gonna no deploy some Blood Angel containers. Like, just imagine being across the battlefield like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) It's just a (laughs) container sitting in the middle of the, with like a parachute off the sides. Like, they just dropped it in.
2: Yeah, I don't, because I think like fortifications, they don't, they're not really your, I mean, they're yours, like you own them, but your opponent can take them from you if they take control, you know what I mean? It's not like it's your model, necessarily. Like, if you buy a bastion, and they shoot you off of it, they can claim the bastion.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
2: It's the same thing with, like, an Aegis
1: wall. They don't even have to shoot you off of it. You just have to both be touching it at the same time. Well, yeah, let's not go
2: there. (laughs) But you can, um, because, I mean, you know, if you clear clear them off an Aegis wall and their gun's still there, you can use their own gun against them. Like, if they have a quad gun or something. Yeah. My dog's making weird noises in the background, so if you hear that, that's what that is. That's okay. I should
1: have left these doors off. No, never mind. Well, you got three, you get three in one box, so. Yeah, I plan on buying a lot more, too, though. Yeah. I might leave the doors off one of them, just because I saw that an Outrider could ride through it, but.
2: All right, so let's talk about Stiff a little bit and then do these lists. All right, dude. Let's talk
1: about Stiff. So, if y'all, if y'all didn't know and you're listening to the podcast and you plan on coming to South Texas and Flames 3 and you haven't bought your ticket yet, Mandy, you are late. Uh, tickets went on sale last, this Wednesday, this past Wednesday. Um, I think as of right now, there's eight tickets left. Uh. Out of 60. Out of 60, yeah. We, we originally, uh, had 50. We, we were gonna allow 50 people to come, and we bumped it up to 60 last minute. And so, we bumped that up, and now there's 52 people that have purchased their ticket already. And now, eight spots are left open and it's uh i mean i really don't i i I can't sell it more it's gonna be a giant two-day narrative in victoria texas we have the venue picked out uh we have the venue just like solid and ready to go it's gonna be at the knights of columbus hall here in victoria it's a real nice like huge fucking venue way bigger than what we're gonna need it for like it's massive dude it's like uh, I don't even... Probably, like, 100 by 60. Like, it's huge. Like, probably bigger than that, actually. And it's actually broken up into three sections. Like, probably, like, 100 by 60, and then, like, 60 by 30 or 40, and then another section is, like, 60 by, like, 40. Like, it's these three massive sections, and it's all wide open, and... It's got concessions, which will have liquor and alcohol. Somebody will be manning concessions the entire time. There's going to be a little back area that you can just, like, hold your armies or anything like that or, you know, store stuff. We have the venue for both days, so you can drop your stuff off, put it in a little area, leave it there. You don't have to worry about it. Um, We have all the tables pretty much lined out with terrain that we're that we have. We have our terrain that we'll be putting on tables. I think three of us are actually working on custom tables. Like we, we have tables from Stiff 2 that we'll be working on. We're bringing our own custom tables that we've designed. Uh, Mike Gupton with the Goldmine Games. Uh, if you watch some of our videos on Warhammer30k.com, you'll see the our South Texas in Flames 2 coverage, you'll see a table on there that that gets played on. It's called the
2: airfield table. I and saw it, it's cool looking. It's got like several landing pads together making one really big landing pad.
1: Yeah. So that guy that created the table is Mike Upton. He owns Goldmine Games in uh, in Houston. And well actually it's Richmond, Texas, but it's like basically the same thing as Houston. Uh but he made that table specifically for Stiff 2. All right. Well, he's making us because he, we gave him a 6-month lead time. He's going to make two tables for us this time around. And so Mike makes badass tables. I mean, he has his terrain was featured in a or his terrain is in the 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 rule book. He has this like badass imperial fist like uh like chapel kind of thing. It, it's really nice. So we'll have two of his tables. We have our tables coming in. We have terrain from the guys over at goalers we have our terrain it's like it's going to be 60 people but it's not going to feel like that tournament terrain you know where it's like the one hill in the middle and like the six trees or whatever and
2: yeah we've talked about that like i I don't like playing on stuff like that (laughs) none of my tables are designed at all like that
1: yeah so like with uh with the way we've decided to run the event, the way we pulled the event across is there's going to be three different zones and each of those zones is going to be separated by, or is going to be controlled by different commanders. So as a whole, it's, you know, it's going to be what, 30 on 30. And it's impossible for like one general to go, Hey, you guys, like you need to do this. And then you need to do this. And you're good at this army and all this stuff. No, it's going to be, we're going to break, we're going to have one general and three commanders, and each commander is going to be in charge of a zone, and the general is going to basically like let his commanders know, like, hey, in your zone, y'all you need to do this, and then those commanders go to their guys and we're like, hey, uh, we need a fucking sneaky-ass army to do this on this table. And the Raven Guard player or the Alpha Legion player is like, I'm a sneaky player, or you know, maybe... I don't know. Maybe a Blood Angel player is like, "Hey, I got a sneaky ass army." Somehow, I play a Recon Legion. So, everybody that like goes to those tables, you're going to have different. Uh, I don't know. Like, if you're good at something, you're gonna pick the missions you're good at. So it's 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 kind of hard to explain. I mean, each mission has specific advantages to to the way you play, and I don't know. You're probably gonna be almost playing against your counterpart to those missions, if it makes sense. So Yeah. But we have a lot of those missions loaded out and everything like that. Um, the swag, man, uh, we offer the normal ticket, and then on top of that, we're offering a Legionnaire pack, and that Legionnaire pack is $25. And, like, I... There's no way for me to, like, explain, like, how far that $25 goes without, like, sound, like, without giving, like, stuff away. Like, we legitimately make a lot of our stuff, but we have access to a lot of, like, professional grade things, and, like... Right. So, we, we do make, like, a lot of our things, but it's... In that swag bag, it's, like, stuff that you would get from, like, vendors and things like that, so... The swag bag is twenty five dollars, and we made every bit of that twenty five dollars work for you, like every bit. And it is a it's. I would love to get just myself one of the swag bags. It's fucking badass. So it's that's gonna be that's what comes with the Legionnaire pack, and then of course we sell the shirts as well. But but yeah, man, stiff three. That's not gonna be until March of next year, March eighteenth and nineteenth of two thousand seventeen. And we have eight tickets left. <laughs> six still still away. can't
2: decide if I'm doing. I've already bought my ticket. I still can't decide if I'm doing militia or black shields. But either one's traitor, right? Well, my black shields. I could do either or. It's they're supposed to be renegade world eaters that okay. have went off the reservation. But I mean, because they're black shields. I mean, if you guys were uneven on team, I signed up for the traitor side because. Uh-huh. But I mean, you could basically do them. Either or, and I already I went down and I designed out the army. Like I picked all the bits because I want to make the guy like every model in the army is going to be converted and custom. Um, so I I wrote down all the bits I need to build everything. Um, and I already own one of the models right here for the army, and my buddy's bringing over another one. Uh, Sunday, so. I'll have the uh, bigger version of this and um, so I don't know, but I have all my militia shit already built and primed It'd just be painting it. But there's so many, my militia army is like two Gorgons, storm Lord, like 125 ship birds and a thunderbolt or something like that. So it's a lot of models to paint, even though it's built where my, uh, Other armies like five vehicles and like 45 guys or something like that. I don't know. Five vehicles and 50 guys, maybe. I don't remember. Is six months too long, or is that like enough time? It's enough time. I mean, I could do either ARMY in that time. I don't know that I could get both done. So I'm going to have to make a decision here soon. The thing with the Black Shields is just I need to get with Pop Goes the Monkey because I have an idea for shoulder pads I want to get made. So I'd have to have him, you know, design me some shoulder pads, which it's there's a picture of it anyway, because like I showed you, I want to make them that uh, Knights of Blood chaos warband. Yeah. So I was going to get their like chapter. Well, warband, their warband symbol is like a corn juggernaut head. Okay. so I was just going to have that made up. And then
1: that's real cool, man. I love that Pop Goes a Monkey like designs up whatever the fuck you want, like right there. there. I
2: actually, because I need him to make, um, so Games Workshop used to sell pewter blood angel shoulder pads, right? They sold one that was just the chapter logo, which is easy to get now. Then there, but it's the old design. But there's other people, I think he actually makes the old design when I because I was looking on Shapeways the other day already, Mm -hmm. and then there was, they made one that was just had a single blood drop on it, which they don't make anymore. It's OOP. But he already makes that as well. But they made a third one that was a skull that's similar to the Iron Warrior skull, but slightly different for their veteran first company guys. Okay. And I've put it on all my veteran Marines, but I'm out of them. And once again, Games Workshop doesn't make them anymore. They quit making them about a year and a half ago. So I need, I was going to send him, I don't know if I can send him a picture or if I could just send him, because I actually have like two or three of them left. So, I mean, I could actually mail him one and I just want him to recreate it so that it's available again for people to buy. because making it. Just send him a picture, man. He does it like
1: all live. Like he can just make one up real quick.
2: Well, that's what I'll do. And then I don't know if somebody's made it. So Blood Angels in 40K. So first company is the skull badge. Right. and then second third fourth and fifth companies are single blood drops that are just painted a different color like second company's yellow i think f- like fourth company's a black blood drop whatever mm-hmm. then sixth company starting with sixth company and going through ninth It's it's the same color, blood. it resets the color. So like six companies, yellow, you know, back, whatever, but they're double blood drops. Right. So nobody makes a shoulder pad that's a 3D shoulder pad with double blood drops. So I was going to see if he wanted to make a double blood drop shoulder pad and recreate that skull shoulder pad and then do my Black Shield shoulder pad, and I'll buy all those if he'll make them. That's the skull you're talking about? Yep, that's it.
1: Yeah. I know it didn't focus, but.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I know what it is. Yeah, that's that's the veteran first company blood angel badge. I didn't know that. Yep. That's pretty fancy. Yeah, he should totally do that. So all my blood angel uh, Le- like my Legion veteran tactical guys I built have the torso and head kit from Forge World and then they have the Forge World uh, Mark IV shoulder pad and then the old-style pewter Games Workshop shoulder pad with that skull on the other side. But I, like I said, I ran out of them. Why don't you bring your Blood Angels to South Texans and Flames, dude? I could. They'll be painted, but I kind of want to take my Blood Angels to Adepticon. Like I said, I'm trying to give... I guess I could take... It depends on how many points they do at Adepticon. Because my Blood Angel, Like, my Militia... My Militia is really needs 3,000 points to run everything I want to run, but I can crush it down to 2,500, but it's not near as cool. Like, at 3,000, I can really open it up and have a variety of units. At 2,500, because I'm running the three super heavies, you know what I mean? I'm basically just running the bare bones thing without any, like, frills. Right. My, uh, the other list, my, uh, Black Shields list, it has to be 2,500 to be able to do what I want to do with it has to be so i can't crush it down to 2000 it's just it wouldn't work right my blood angels i can run my blood angels to 2000 and i sent you with my list my 2000 point blood angel list right that i was considering so i can get it down to 2000 easy so it really depends on the points level they set adepticon at but going off of what that's been in the past it's likely going to be 2000 so i want to save my blood angels for that and i i don't really want to uh I like to like go to different events with different stuff. So people get to see the, you know, my different armies. Right. So like Michigan, I've, I've obviously taken, I, I can't just build a new army for every event. So like my word bearers, like people who went to Adepticon saw my word bearers, but it was only a 2000 point army of them. So I'm going to Michigan GT and I'm taking my word Bearers there, but it's a totally different army list. And plus it's a 3000 point army for Michigan GT. So it's a thousand points above with, you know, all kinds of new shit in it anyway.
1: Okay. That's fair. I just know on the stiff three side of things, we, uh, we're, we're, we're lacking loyalist. If you saw the list got posted up
2: today. Well, I can run my black shields as loyalists. There's no reason I couldn't.
1: You should, do black Shield. You should totally jump to the loyalist side.
2: I just, I think that, like, you've seen that Black Shield list. I've sent it to you. I think it would be fun to play, and I think it'll be unique. I don't think anybody else would have anything similar to that. Nope. And I have a dirty trick built into the list construction that I find hilarious. It makes, like, every time I think of it, it makes myself chuckle. (laughs) You get movement down there?
1: Yeah. That's, yeah, dude. You You should play Loyalist. You should get your Black Shields up, and you should bring them on. Bring them down to Texas.
2: I could always run my salamanders, but I just, I don't know. That's my oldest army, so I play them the most. You know what I mean? Like, I've played them so many times. It's not like I'm tired. I'm a little tired of them just because I'm painting all this new stuff, so I've kind of neglected them as far as expanding the army. Like, I painted, like, 3,000 points of them to use. And then I have all this other crap that's airbrushed that's not painted for them that I just never get around to painting because I'm always working on new armies. So every time I go back to playing them, I end up playing like basically the same list over and over and over again. i played it so much, I just kind of get bored with it. And also, it's my least impressive-looking army. I still think it's painted well, but for whatever reason, all my other armies just look better, I guess. I feel like they look better. Yeah, I've
1: totally... I still got Raven Guard. I just don't, you know. They're over there. I feel bad for them. Man, once you get on a new project, man, you just totally. And I always told myself, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna like completely repaint these, like strip them down, get them all nice and pretty. I've got thirty something dark furies that I still need to put together for them. But just, dude, once I'm once I'm over it, man, it's like there are three
2: projects down the line. I want to get my militia done, but to be honest, like it's the paint job on them is it's gonna be. I think they look cool. Like they're definitely going to look cool from like a tabletop distance, but when you pick them up, they're not going to be super impressive because I can't do some mega intricate paint scheme because I literally, my 3000 point list has like 200 infantry in it and it has to be, it has to be finished in my lifetime. So not worth it. (laughs) I mean, you've seen them. I've seen you like, I think they look cool, but they're not, they're not like my word bear. Like my word bears are like my, if I want to have a chance at best painted, that's the army I would be taking to an event.
1: <laughs> I love your word bearers. I think your, I think your infantry, you get also your, uh, Im- Imperial militia
2: could also get, or your militia army could also get best painted. They're pretty good. You think so? See, I, that's the one, that's what I was just talking about. Like, I just think that they're like, I, I cause think
1: I, they, they, they're, I think they're also painted very well. I think your salamanders are painted well too.
2: Well, my salamanders are painted well. Like it's funny because, as far as time wise go, there's way there's twice as much time in my salamanders as my blood angels, but for that fucking red, just looks so awesome for whatever reason that even though it's like a super simple paint scheme, like if you set them down next to each other, like if you ask people if you if you ask pulled ten people which do you like better they're gonna pick the blood angels even though there's twice as much work in that salamander army. Yeah, dude. That's why red Ferraris
1: are more to insure than, <laughs> like, yeah. a green Lamborghini.
2: Yeah. But I don't know. Like, this, the I, I think I'd have fun building this Black Shield Army, and I can do a lot of cool shit with it. So I might end up just doing the Black Shield Army. Bring it, dude. Bring it on. We'll
1: just see it. We need loyalists. That's for sure.
2: Well, my guys are like a give-no-fucks thing, so we can just... like mean, they, They'll kill either side. So in, the story in my head is they obviously eventually go full-blown traitor, but to start off with, they're kind of like on nobody's side. We'll just, like, kill whatever, do whatever. You know, kind of doing their own thing, but at some point, they uh, go down the path of no return and end up being full-blown Chaos Marines. But being as this is like... You know, early in the heresy or whatever, or mid heresy, they don't have to be full blown evil yet.
1: That's kind of how I like—I set up my my space wolves and their fluff for my black shields. Kind of one of those. Like leaving Russ himself was like, "Once you leave the Fang, you can never come back." <laughs> and so it's like this is your job. Do your job. Kill X guys and you could never come back. I just haven't figured out what my full story is gonna be. Cool. But yeah, they go either way. They're like a bisexual.
2: <laughs> but
1: anyway, you wanna knock out some lists, dude? Or let's do it. Do you wanna or go
2: augury scanners? Oh, we gotta do that. We have to do the augury scanner thing. Okay. So so let's read through the augury just read the Augury Scanner rule out loud. So everybody and then we'll all, and then I'll stop you. I'll read it out, and then we'll go over the rule and why it's jacked up and why it needs FAQ'd and also like I think you feel the same way about it that I do, right? Well I mean that's how we play it, like but that's how everybody I know plays it is where they just basically have interceptor. But and we'll explain that. Okay,
1: so the rule for the Augury Scanner is models cannot be deployed using the infiltrate special rule with an 18 inches of model with an Augury Scanner. Enemy models deployed using deep strike within range can also be attacked by a unit carrying an Augury Scanner in the shooting phase as if their rapid fire weapons and heavy weapons, if they have any, had the interceptor special rule.
2: Okay, so why this is jacked up is it says may be attacked in the shooting phase. Isn't that what it says?
1: Yes. It says, attacked by a unit carrying an audio scanner in the shooting phase. as if But it,
2: as if they had the interceptor rule. So now read the interceptor rule. Okay.
1: So give me one second, because I had
2: it saving my page, but when I pulled the book... What's the very first line of the Interceptor Rule? I believe... Hold on.
1: I got it. At the end of the enemy movement phase... Boom. A weapon with the Interceptor Rule can be fired at any one unit that has
2: arrived from reserve. Right. So, the problem is, it says, with the Augury Scanner, you can make a shooting attack in the shooting phase as if you had interceptor. But then when you go read interceptor, interceptor says it happens at the beginning of the The movement phase. phase, the enemy movement phase. So the problem with doing it in the shooting phase is for one, it doesn't even, I mean, you can assume that it's in the shooting phase that is your enemies, but it doesn't actually say it says, The shooting phase. So what does that mean? Is that your shooting phase? Is that your enemy shooting phase? I mean, technically, the way it's worded, it says, in the shooting phase. Does that mean every shooting phase? Like, it doesn't explain it. And then, on top of that, because it it doesn't tell you at what point in the shooting phase it happens. It just says shooting phase. Like, who shoots first? Right. Does it happen at the beginning of the shooting phase before your enemy shoots? Does it happen... Does it happen at the end of the shooting phase after they've all shot? Do you roll off for it? If you have more than one scanner and you have to roll off for it, do you alternate like you do infiltrate? Like, cause if you have infiltrating units and I have infiltrating units, we roll off and then alternate placing units, depending on who won the roll off. It doesn't explain any of that. Nope. No, it doesn't. Now, if you play it, going so you could really it contradicts itself so you have to pick whether to use it in the shooting phase or to use it in the move at the end of the movement phase because it says fire as if it has interceptor if you choose to fire it as if it has interceptor you just treat it as intercept it clearly states it happens at the end of movement. of movement phase yeah so that's it so if you ignore the in the shooting phase part of the augury scanner it works fine no fuss no muss no gray area you just fire at the end of the movement phase and everything's hunky dory. There's no more problems to solve. If you choose to ignore the part of, at the end of the rule where it says fire as if you have interceptor and you just go off what's in the beginning of the entry where it says they make a shooting attack in the shooting phase, then you run into several more problems because you have to determine what shooting phase that they're talking about. And you also have to determine when in the shooting phase you fire Exactly. So I personally feel like if even if it even feels like when you read through it, that they just messed up and meant to say movement phase. Because if you replace movement or if you replace shooting the word shooting with movement, it would read. In the movement phase. Um, You can make a shooting attack as if your weapons have interceptor, which also happens, obviously, in the movement phase, then the whole everything makes sense but because it says shooting instead of movement it contradicts itself and causes a problem. So I personally feel like it's a typo.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, and honestly I don't think anybody I, I, I this the reason why like this even really came up is uh you really suggest the tips and it seems like it, it came up a couple of times where, you know, people explain to you that interceptor from Augury Scanner, wasn't truly Interceptor. And
2: they said that it happens in the shooting phase. Right. And then I just, I just pointed out to him. I'm like, no, it says it. You're right. It does say it happens in the shooting phase, but then literally the next sentence, it says that it counts exactly as if they have Interceptor. So then when you go read the Interceptor rule, it says it happens in the shooting phase. So rules is written. Right now, if you play it exactly rules as written, it says you may make a shooting attack in the shooting phase as if you have interceptor. Then when you read interceptor, it says at the end of the movement phase. So in my opinion, you're gaining interceptor in the shooting phase when it's already too late to use it so it makes the augury scanner pointless and not work. Because how can you make a interceptor attack that happens at the end of the movement phase in the shooting phase? You can't. So... Yeah, like so. Basically, the, it just it contradicts itself. So, and I don't know of anybody that plays it where you try to fire it in the shooting phase because if you do, it creates way more problems than what it's worth. And because the rule, if you read it, it says it happens both in the shooting and movement phase. Like basically, like I said, it directly contradicts itself from one line to the next. So, in order to use the war gear at all, you're going to have to choose which route you want to go. And I think the logical choice to choose is just make it True Intercept. Because if you try to go the other way, you just cause more problems than it's worth.
1: It's a can of worms. It's not even
2: really that much benefit because you get lit the fuck up. Well, that's the thing. If it happens in the shooting phase and you determine it to happen... Basically, if if you... So, in every other instance that I'm aware of if it's the controlling player's turn gets to determine the order of things unless it directly tells you that something must go in a certain order. Right. So, like, if if I have nine units, I get to determine in the shooting phase whatever order I want on how they run and shoot. And then in the assault phase, even though I'm in combat with your models, I get to choose which order we roll for the assaults in. So if I have a tactical squad and an assault squad and both are assaulting your dreadnought, I get to choose, you know, which, which, gu- I mean, you, well, I guess that's a bad example. So say you have a, a rhino and I have assault Marines, assaulting the rhino. And then right next to that, I have t- assault Marines, assaulting your assault Marines. I get to choose which assault that we do first, if it's my turn. Right. So uh, if you try to do it in the shooting phase, I don't, it doesn't say But if you play it like everything else in the game, whoever's turn it actually is would get to determine the order of shooting, which they would obviously always put your shit at the end after they fired all their stuff, and they would just always target your augury scanner unit and kill it before it gets to fire. All day. And even if you... So at worst-case scenario, because it doesn't actually tell you how it works, you're going to tell them, well, I want you to shoot after me, and they're going to say, well, I want to shoot before you and it's going to cause this argument. And the way it's going to end up being settled is you're either going to roll off for it is probably roll off for it. So 50% of the time, it's still going to not work. And it's just unresolved like forever. And it, Yeah, so you should just follow the second line where it says treat it as if it has interceptor and do it at the end of the movement phase. And then there's no more issues. It just works. And then write a letter to Forge World
1: telling them to FAQ that.
2: Yeah. Which all they have to do is change one word in that entire paragraph. They change shooting to movement and it's done. They don't have to, that's it. That's the FAQ. (laughs) I mean, seriously, like if you get that rule out and reread through the augury scanner and replace the word shooting with movement, it's solved. That's why I think it's a typo because it's one word off. It's not like something really screwy, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I'm glad we had that discussion. I'm glad that's off your chest now.
1: Yeah. Feel a well, lot cleaner. It needed it need to be told.
2: I mean, that's just, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, I just, I don't know anyone that actually tries to play it in the shooting phase. I mean, even at Adepticon, you know, here, other events I've been to, everybody just treats it like it's Interceptor.
1: Yeah, that would have made a bigger difference in a Dupticon had it happened in the shooting phase. But we're not going to go into that. <laughs>
2: That's Right, <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, it's kind of jacked up. I personally feel like you should just treat it as if it's Interceptor. It solves all the problems. Where if you try to go the other way, it opens up a whole other can of worms. Fair enough. Good call, Ryan.
1: Fair enough,
2: well, that's enough of that. How about some lists? All right, well, we're gonna start you said you want to start with this ultramarine one, so yeah, dude's name Bjorn
1: all right, so we got an ultramarine ultramarines list from our buddy Bjorn, and he writes in he says, "Hey guys, kick ass podcast, great stuff to listen to when working, driving, et cetera." I'm currently working on building a 30K community out here in Salt Lake City. Dang, dude, Utah. It's proving harder than I thought as gamers are super spread out around here, but I'm definitely recruiting folks who are tired of 40K grind and want to play some fluffy games. Now, here's a podcast
2: question. He threw that in there. Hey, uh, just real quick, real quick. What's that? So I know this from experience because I've been there so... I believe it's fairly close to Salt Lake City. There's a big Air Force base called Hill Air Force Base. So this is just kind of a shot in the dark there, but I know at my game club, like more than half of our guys are, you know, military guys. It seems like that's a giant subculture in the military or guys that play 30K and 40K. Yep. So I don't know if there's like a Facebook page or whatever for like um, soldiers or whatever that are at hill air force base but if there is you might say hey i'm some civvy that wants to play some 30k i know that it's a big subculture in your guys's uh community is there any guys on the base that you know want to get some games in
1: get it bjorn just go go put like a little uh uh a flyer up at the air force base they have a guard shack. I don't know that they let you in to put flyers up. <laughs> I'm <just> saying, like, <laughs> I would just say like maybe go no. hand out flyers, like go give flyers to him. Hey, can you put this up, please?
2: Yeah. They up. might that's uh the guy the reason I've been there, uh my uh buddy John, who actually comes he plays thirty K here now, was an SP in the Air Force and that's where he was stationed. So we actually worked in the guard shack that to get you on the base. So
1: maybe you get lucky and find out one of those guards is
2: plays thirty K. Plays thirty K. And he'll, uh, he'll go put up flyers for you. Because you're in Utah and they have crazy alcohol laws and you can't get any real booze uh in Utah if you become friends with those soldiers, they can buy you actual booze on base at the PX and you can get real beer too. So it's a two for one. You it's a win-win all around. Yep.
1: Solid advice, Ryan. As usual. <laughs> so here's a podcast question, man. He says, if you were to see one unit vehicle character in the 30k fluff that doesn't have rules, but you wanted to see in a 30k game, who or what would you want? The
2: list is so long. Well, just what's your favorite? So, so, well, this isn't my favorite, but I feel like this, I don't understand how this guy doesn't have a character yet. I actually don't even really like him, but how does Lucius not have a character or rules? I don't know. I mean, because you got so of the, you know, of the four main, like, God, like the, the four main chaos gods, they all have, like, their chosen legion. So you got the world eaters, the death guard, the emperor's children, and the thousand sons, right? And right. you, so you have a primarch for each, and then you have, like, their main non primarch character. And in 40K, those guys all have models, and it's Lucius, Karn. Typhus, Aramon. So in thirty K they already have models for three of those, right? But they still don't have Lucius, which I think's weird. He's one of the main characters in the novels whenever they talk about Emperor's children, plus all the other things I just mentioned, but he doesn't have a model yet. Seems very odd. I bet,
1: man, he seems like he'd have some badass rules too, like Lucius the Blademaster. Like he Yeah. Oh, dude! If you give him one of the the arms
2: from the uh, Mega Arachnid, Magna, Mega Arachnids? Yeah, but he discards that. He because uh, he ends up with uh... doesn't doesn't Fulgrim give him a sword like a special sword? I thought it was that demon blade. I thought Fulgrim took that from him. I don't remember. Anyway, so I feel like he needs a model now we're probably gonna have the same guy you probably want shao don't you the raven guard guy no well he said vehicle unit or character and
1: i would go i would go vehicle well what vehicles in the fluff that they don't have rules for so man I, i'm really pushing my
2: head to try and remember but have you did you ever read the book raptor where it's you're you're talking about the little like airframe things that they like glide in on almost like the raven guard gliders
1: yes yeah that like fly around and they're like super quiet and all that stuff yeah yeah i want to know what that is and i would love to have that in 3k for raven guard because it's like a, a super stealthy little glider that glides around and like it's like reconnaissance and all that stuff and like, none of the Sons of Horus even see that there's this little glider flying around, like, catching all this reconnaissance. It's almost like a drone, but there's a Space Marine side of it, like, given all the information and all that stuff. So, I think 30K rolls, that would be a badass little fucking unit. Just like a...
2: Yeah, that's <laughs> in the fluff. So, yeah, that would be cool. I think that, um... I think... It, I would like to see rules for uh, the Sherekin guy. Any yeah. of those guys on the Sisyphean crew are pretty badass. Oh yeah, like the the Salamander Apothecary guy's cool. The Iron Father guy's cool. Like all those guys are cool.
1: Anybody who tries to assassinate Primarch is uh,
2: pretty pretty ballsy. badass.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty ballsy, bro.
2: Now something that's not in the fluff that the game just needs. They at they need a goddamn Marine tank that holds a medium number of guys anywhere between 12 and 16, preferably closer to 15, 16. That's like 150 points. That's like armor 12 all the way around with an assault ramp that would like fill a giant gaping hole in the Marine army list. And it would open up so many more unit choices and things you could do with armies. People would buy the shit out of that thing. So like, we were talking. Imagine because they they look cool. So imagine a Sycaran, right? Yeah. So take a Sycaran, then take a second Sakarin and cut it like where the the like where the turret goes, where the turret rings at. Right. So cut it in half there, and then take the back half of the one that you just cut in half and glue it onto a full Sycaran. So it's like half again as long. So it's a Sakarin that's half again as long, right? Yep. Then at the front of the Securian where it has like the little cut out that makes it, you know, like where the tracks stick out and it's like got a little cut away. Put a little ramp there. Put an assault ramp like a land raider that the the top of the assault ramp just goes back because it like it has that little cut out. And then it it like the front of the tank is lower and it goes back. And then the heavy bolter kind of sits up above. Just where the where the where the the hull of the tank like above the heavy bolter just bring that out straight to about an inch in front of the tracks <laughs> and then put an assault ramp there and then leave the turret, the top turret where it goes and then extend the back of the tank and then put a door in the back and a door in the front. No side doors. Yeah. You could put if you wanted to that replace the sponsons with side doors.
1: But you're saying make this uh, 12 all around.
2: Yeah. Just make it 12 all the way around. Have fast. that hole. would you make it fast? Doesn't have to be. So, make it twelve all the way around. Um. Put the 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 doors on it like we talked about, and then leave the turret like where the you could either I would I don't know that it would necessarily have to be that accelerator turret, like put something like uh, trying to think of a good turret for it. We were talking about this like uh like a heavy like a twin linked Volkite Colverin turret, almost like a Razorback. style turret like in 40k so like have a twin link volkite colverin turret that like be like the stock turret or something like that and then we were joking that the coolest thing that you could do would be like you could buy it as an upgrade upgrade it to like a quad mortar turret heck yeah which would be baller shit like people would buy the hell out of that like buy thunder rounds like basically because you like you know like the achilles land raider has the quad the forward facing one right a, like, build this tank that's just a transport and just has the one gun that's turret mounted above it, but you could, like... It starts with, like, a basic heavy weapon, like a twin-link Volkat Colverin or something, and then you could, like, upgrade it to, like, the highest level thing that would be quite a few points, like, maybe, like, 40, 50 points would be a quad-mortar turret. A fucking quad-mortar.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be tight. I could see that. I could see that working out. Like, a, it, like, a, holds
2: 15 men, 12 all around... I, but th- they don't have anything because there's so many squads that start at 10. That Then you can't put any characters with them and you can't put them in, a, can't fit them in a rhino and you can't fit them in land raiders. Right. Nope. Oh. So the, you have to jump from that all the way to a storm Eagle, Spartan or Charybdis, which are all 200 points plus. So if they made this tank that was just 12 all the way around and it held 15 guys and just had one turret gun and they made it like right at 150 points, So kind of like a Dracosian, like a a crappier Dracosan. Not necessarily crappier, I guess like, because Dracosan, just a marine version of that. It doesn't hold quite as many guys, but it's a little more upped gunned, I guess. And just make it like four hole points, like a four hole point, armor 12 all the way around, holds 15 dudes and has one gun on a turret on top.
1: That sounds good. I like it. What would you call it? If you made that, if, like, Forge World, like, called you, like, hey, we're going to go ahead and make this, what is it called?
2: Money. So <laughs> print, printing money, because you would sell a trillion of them. Because that's, like, the sweets, but, like, if you made it, like I said, like, it should cost between, like, maybe it's, like, 130 points base or 120 points base with the, the Colverin and then when you upgrade it to the quad mortar or whatever, it's, like, 160 I feel or whatever. like...
1: I feel like uh, okay, so you have the Spartan, which is like big, bulky, whatever. Right. And you have the Sakaran, which is like a assassin kind of like sneaky thing. Yeah. I feel like this little twelve man medium unit would be like a Centurion. Like a thing that.
2: That's that's the name of the like that's already like a name of a character type though.
1: Well, like what's another name of like like what's like that kind of level?
2: Like military. Um, Well, they already have a they already have console, but that's kind of gay. Um, I don't know.
1: I'll figure something out. The
2: hoplite, it's the hoplite. No. No. (laughs) No, I don't know, man. We'll figure something out.
1: Well, I'm a. I'm going to keep shooting you
2: things throughout the day. But we like me and my buddy Nick talked about that for like a fucking hour. Like just like total wish listing of why don't, why doesn't this exist? Why is there not a tank? Like you could either get anything. Everything holds 10 or jumps all the way to 20. Why is there not something that holds like a base, you know, like the spoiler squad or a veteran, a full veteran squad with some characters? I don't
1: know but i get it like that's a pretty sweet sweet list list uh wish list but, right there
2: yeah but anyway he said that's already in the fluff so if it has to be already in the fluff i'll just say lucius even, just because he needs to exist not because i really like him but then shay or keen or any of the the, the sisyphean crew i'll take <laughs> what
1: about a solarius a solarius that's a soldier enjoying special service conditions or hired as a mercenary. It's pretty cool sounding. A Solarius, because then you got Spartan, Sakarin, and the Solarius. That'd be neat. Yeah, the I'm Solarius down with that. Because it, like it, it's like it it has to like deal with like special conditions and like it was built to house twelve guys. <laughs> so it's, like, they had to sacrifice some armor.
2: Oh, Sakharin. as a as a Word Bear player, I'd love an Argol tall model. Uh, everybody would. That, that's coming. It's got to. I don't know. If you, depending on how far you are in the fluff now now
1: with some uh custodians coming through oh i know I, oh i know
2: they they still go they still make characters that Well, that's what's so weird is like the word bearers not that because I, I love the like everything like i like everything they've released for the word Bearers so far like i even like the ashen circle i love their fluff and i love the models even though they have totally shit rules but they're still cool the, the one thing that they have that I don't... Like, why did they give them whole Baloth of all fucking, like, characters? Like, he's not even a prominent character in the Kalf books, really. He's like some asshole that they gave some symbol to like, as a trick that essentially gets summoned to the Dark Gods and to make this other guy send a demonhood. They you know need, what I mean? They but they, they put him as a special character in the book. Like, that could have been, like so many other people that are so much cooler that actually like live more than like half of a book. (laughs) 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 They introduce him and kill him in the same book. Mijo.
1: They had to have somebody like that. They had to have like somebody they can just kill off.
2: Yeah, but you don't make that one of the special character choices in the army list. (laughs) I don't know. That was like, that's a real head scratcher as to why he exists. I mean, he's actually got pretty decent rules if you read his rules. But it's like, who wants to fucking play Holbo off? Like, most people probably don't even. Like, I'm saying this right now, and everybody's getting their book out to like double check that he's actually in there and I'm not making shit up. But it's true. He's in there. Don't know why, but he is. All the
1: nice characters that could fill that stupid spot. I don't know. So, anyway. Moving on. Back to the list. So he says, I have a request for some list advice, please. He says, I'm needing a bit of clarification on a list I'm working on for the LVO. I'm building an Ultramarines list, Logos Lectora, Rite of War, and help would be greatly appreciated. This Rite of War specifies you can't have more tanks than flyers and infantry units, so what counts as an infantry unit in this case besides generic infantry? Oh, so he's asking. So, what counts as infantry units in this case besides basic infantry? Would quad launcher batteries or independent characters count? Yes, um, they do. Not trying to cheese dick the system here. I just want to run some cool tanks along with cool infantry slash dreadnoughts. I can field pretty much anything out of the army list. What I don't have, I can acquire before the event. Rough list parameters. Feel free to change it up as you like. Obviously, there aren't enough infantry present for all the tanks. Okay, so his list looks like Remus Veneta, Venetanus, which is his Warlord and Master of the Legion, Logos Lectora, uh, Damocles Command Rhino, Primus Medicae in Artificer Armor with Legatine Axe and Refractor Field, three times 10-man attack squads in Rhinos with Pentel Multimeltas, five Caesarians in Ophobos Land raider, that's where the HQ is going to go, uh, Dirideo three Vindicator Squadrons. So I'm assuming that's a Vindicator Squadron with three Vindicators inside of it. Yep. And a Sikaran Venator sakaran or Malkador.
2: I think it's all three.
1: Oh, he has all three? Oh, yeah, I guess so. I think
2: all three are in the list.
1: He also has access to a Fellblade, a Storm Eagle, Fire Raptor, a bunch of Predators, a Leviathan, a couple of Contemptors, Terminator, more Caesareans, Gilliman, Avenger Strike Fighters, Quad Launchers, and enough... Bloody betrayal of Calath infantry to build whatever squad I need. Any thoughts you would have would be great. Look forward to hearing back from you, Bjorn, Gilliman's manservant, Salt Lake City, Utah. All
2: right, take it away, Ryan. Okay, I'm gonna hurt some feelings here, but it has to be said. This right of war is dog shit. I knew that. that, I, knew that was gonna, they, I
1: knew that was a term you were gonna use too. Like I knew like. I
2: I can't help it. This this is bottom. If you take all the right of wars that exist in the game, this is definitely maybe bottom five. It's so bad and don't feel bad. Ultramarine players, I play Salamanders and they're both of their right of wars, I think, are also in the same bottom five category. They just can't all be winners. Um, The restrictions on this thing are absolutely asinine for the meager benefits that it gives you. Do we want to read what the Rite of War does so that we can... So I got it right here. So the benefits are all models with the Legion of Stardis Ultramarine Special Rule as well as Ultramarine Dreadnoughts of any type in the detachment to this right of War gain a single, single particular benefit each turn from the, the following list. Uh, only one effect is used at a time for the entire detachment. the controlling player determines which effect applies at the beginning of each turn uh, and the effect is constant until they choose again so full march any affected units may re-roll run distances Woo. yeah exactly uh, any affected unit Hold fast. Any affected unit which remains stationary this turn may make snapshots at Ballistic Skill 2. Eh. It's okay. It's... um, Retribution Strike. All affected units gain the counterattack special rule. Okay. It's alright once again, but it's in order to use it your enemy is charging you and you're already not tied up in combat so you're already in a situation you don't really want to be in to get the benefit does that make sense yeah so like wanna, if you're you are you don't want to set your up self up to get charged eh, well i mean
1: you get to overwatch and then, eh, but then you're not okay yeah no
2: you get what i'm saying like it's, it's a like, bad
1: situation to be in
2: yeah like you don't it's it's like, oh, cool, like, I I, I got in this shit situation, so now I get, like, I don't know. Like, but that's all you get. So the limitations <laughs> are... You Codex must take... Can bail me out. You must take an additional compulsory troops, or the additional compulsory HQ choice in addition to the usually one that's required, and the second choice must be either a Master of Signal or Damocles Rhino. So you're going to have to take a compulsory HQ... And then a second HQ. That's one of these two units. So you're already being like pigeonholed into taking two units. Then detachments using this right of war must make an, must take an additional compulsory troop choice in addition to the two they're or in addition to that that they're usually required. So you're going to have to take three troops choices on top of the extra HQ choice. Detachments using this right of war may not take more vehicles with either the tank or flyer type in total, then they have infantry units in the detachment. So you're going to have to deal with that. Then, units that are part of this detachment using this right of War may not deploy as infiltrators or interplay via deep strike. This means that certain units may, that may only interplay in this fashion, such as drop pods and dread dreadclaws, may not be taken as part of this detachment. I just, I just don't get it. It's like so many, like the, the worst, some, like some of the more harsh drawbacks in rights of war, the ones like when you think of these are harsh drawbacks, it's always take an additional compulsory troop. Usually um, limiting you to like one heavy support slot, like the word bearer one does, or the night Lord does. That's pretty harsh. That's sometimes hard to build around. You know, like, so... And then not being able to deep strike anything. That's, like,
1: ridiculous.
2: So what really bugs me about that is one of the choices they make you take... I guess you could take the Master of Signal, but they they want you to take a Damocles Rhino, but you can't have any deep striking units. How does that make any sense?
1: You take it for the... Orbital bombardment and the reserve rolls. Yeah, but you... But you don't get to... There's no reason for the no scatter bubble.
2: And, yeah, there's no reason for that. And also, like, a lot of the times when you put things in reserve, it's to deep strike it. So... It's just too... It's way too much of a drawback for very, very little benefit. No, I agree. And then if you look at his... Like... And then it really only benefits any infantry or like dreadnoughts you have. And it's I don't know. I just don't I don't get it. Like this is definitely one of the worst rites of war. And maybe I'm jaded because every army I have, like, I I'm like a big proponent of deep striking, dread claws, drop pods, like things like that. I mean, not they don't have to be in every list, but I don't know. Like, I just, I don't, I just don't. It just, you don't get any. Like, it's just not worth, worth it. What do you think? Uh, I'm the same boat, man. But of course, I came into the
1: game deep striking everything. So, like, I've never really changed it up
2: much. So, well, to, well, first off, to answer his question, so anything, so when you just look at anything's unit type, so like the, literally, when you look at a unit entry, let me find i just have one in front of me here. Uh, I printed off some stuff. Uh, oh, right here. I got a black shield print off. I just need any unit infantry. Gosh dang it. Alright. So if you look at any unit inf- in- entry, it'll have its name and its points and then have its stat line. And then it'll say unit composition, what it consists of. And then right below that, it'll say unit type. And then under that unit type, it'll like this one, for instance, says infantry character. So you just look there. So anything that lists infantry, you're good to go. Counts as infantry. Yep. So, like, in the case of quad mortars, the gun counts as artillery, but the guys count as infantry, so you're still good to go. Because it counts as infantry. So... That's all you need to know on that. So if, if the unit type was like bike, obviously it counts as bike, whatever. So you just look in that position and anything that says infantry there will cancel, cancel out, you know, one for one tanks and flyers. Exactly. So his list, I do believe, is legal. Now, I wasn't going to write him electo- like what I just said about this right of war. I can't in good conscience send him to the LVO with this right of war. I can't do it.
1: It's fair so I would
2: either. So with the units that he has listed in his current list plus the extra units that he has listed in the I have all these extra units, I wrote him a list that does not use this right of war. And I'll tell you right now, Bjorn, if you if you absolutely have to run this right of war, you just you 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 really want to run it, just send me an email back that says, Look, man, thank you for this other list you wrote me, but I really want to run this right of war. And I'll actually put some effort into writing you one. But as soon as I saw you, you say you can make some changes and here's my list of models. Like that's all I needed to hear. And that's like, Oh, we well, let's get rid of this right of war. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to tear down your house, but he's going to build you a mansion. Just right. <laughs> let him do some work. So I built you this list out of the units that you listed that you have. Now you did you just said you had a shitload of predators. You didn't give me an exact number of how they're armed. So I just took it to heart that you have a bunch of predators. So I wrote you an armored breakthrough list for Ultramarines. So for we'll start with the Rite of War because he's also because we're going to take Gilliman, and he's going to have Master of the Legion Armored Breakthrough. So your Rite of War or your Lord of Wars Gilliman, and then he's going to open up armored breakthrough for you. So for your Compulsatory HQ, I took a Chaplain. So it's a Legion Centurion upgraded to a Chaplain with Artificer Armor, melt the bombs Refractor Field, and then he comes with a free power weapon that you can make any power weapon of your choice. You should have Chaplains laying around if you have Betrayal calf boxes. Um, for Troops, I took a Invictus Suzerain Squad. It's uh, six Suzerains strong. And they're just armed basic, so they have bolt pistol, uh, shield, artificer armor, and legatine axes. And you can take those as troops, because Gilliman unlocks them as troops. And they are in a dedicated uh, land raider Phobos. The Phobos has armored ceramite and a dozer blade. Um, then, we'll skip to elites real quick. I took an apothecary, just, just base apothecary 45 points. So your apothecary... Your chaplain, your six suzerains, and Gilliman are all going to ride around in this land raider. They're all going to go together. So, you got those guys. So then, I took three more troop choices, and they're all exactly the same. So you got three individual predator squadrons that are all... Normal Predator, so with the Predator turret, with last cannon sponsons. So you have three Predators with last cannon sponsons, each individual, not, not squadron up. So that's three troop choices, and each one will score. Um, then for other elites choices, I took uh, three three identical uh, elites choices to fill out your elite. So you have four elites in the army. I took three 10-man Legion veteran tactical squads, that the entire squads are armed with Melta bombs and they just all keep bolters, they don't have any other upgrades, and they're in rhinos that have pentol multi-meltas. So you got three veteran squads, um, which will basically just replace your TAC squads from your original list. Then for heavy support, I took a fire-after gunship with four Hellstrike missiles um, and uh, Reaper autocannon batteries. Then for uh, another heavy support slot, I took a Legion Predator squadron that also consists of just a single Predator. And this Predator is upgraded to have the Plasma Executioner Cannon on the turret, uh, LAS Cannon Sponsons, and a Dozer Blade. And that is 2,500 points. So the cool thing about this list, for one, all these tanks become fast. So you're going to have... Everything becomes fast except the Land Raider. So you're gonna have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fast tanks, then your flyer, then your land raider. Um you're going to have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven scoring units. You got three full ten-man vet squads, the land raider full of uh, suzerains that score, and then the three individual predators as troops that all score. Um With the ultramarine, just generic uh, Legion tactics, if you shoot something with any unit in here, then all of the Legion Astartes units, which will basically be your three veteran squads and your suzerain squad, when they they shoot at it, they re-roll ones to wound. So imagine being able to re-roll ones to wound with all your sniper vets. It's pretty damn good.
1: Heck yeah.
2: That's great. Um, The other nice thing with Gilliman in the list, Gilliman can pick a unit type in a slot, and everything uh, everything that's of that type that you choose gains one of three special rules. And you get to choose this. It's not part of your army list. You get to choose this before every battle. So you can choose Implacable Advance, Interceptor, or Tank Hunters. So, riddle me this. So, you got this list, right? So, say you're going to run into a drop pod army like we were talking about. So, you look at their drop pods, what's coming in. If they have a primarily infantry drop pod army, kind of like my salamanders, you can give all of your veterans in your army Interceptor and just start them all out of the rhinos. Yeah, that's brutal. If, if they have a primarily loaded up in drop pods like Dreadnoughts, like say like it's in your Texas meta where there's a bunch of Leviathans, you can choose the Predators that are troops choices and give them all Interceptor. So you have Intercepting Predators with the Auto Cannon Turret and Last Cannons. Pretty good. If you aren't playing against drop pods or they don't have any Deep Strike, you can choose Tank Hunter and give all those Predators Tank Hunter. Yep. Or, if you don't feel like you need Tank Hunter or the other thing, you could pick either the, the fourth Predator that's a heavy support, um, or the dedicated Land Raider or something like that, and give it Implacable Advance, which gives you an eighth scoring unit. Which you really need eight scoring units, but... Probably not but you get it. So I really like the fact that you can choose Interceptor and throw it on those Predators or all those Vets or choose Tank Hunter and give it to all those Predators. And I feel like this army, if you start looking at the shots, you got all those auto-cannon shots on the Predators, and then you got the Plasma Cannon Turret, you got the 30, you know, Sniper Bolt Guns, um, you got the Suzerains, and you got the Fire Raptor, uh, with its nose gun and all the, the ball-mounted weapons um, as all, like, your anti-infantry, which is a ton of anti-infantry, especially when combined with the Ultramarine Legion tactic. Yep. Then on the flip side of that, you got Rhinos with three multi-Meltas, and then you got eight Sponson LAS cannons. Then you got all the Hell strikes on the Fire Raptor. Um, and then you got the twin-linked LAS cannons on the the, um, land raider. And then you got 30 melt bombs on all your vets. And then you got Gilliman running around with a string 10 AP one fist. So like everything in your army can also deal with tanks and armor. Pretty much got everything covered. I feel like this is a pretty damn good list.
1: Yeah. Especially being able to just like call out tank and give everything to the special rule, like, and have that many tanks ready to go and ready to accept pretty beefy rules. To say the least like
2: right well you can't it's not tank you have to choose a specific unit so he would choose like predators in the troop slot would all gain tank hunter right. Or whatever yeah but but i mean that would be you would have six tank hunting last cannons and and uh three tank hunting predator cannons which is gonna like shred the shit out of most like that's a lot of tank hunting that's a lot of tank hunting firepower and these are fast tanks so they're gonna be able to move six and fire all those guns it's very brutal And then because these vets are marksmen, not only do they have sniper, but they have outflank as well. So if you're playing like hammer and anvil and you need to get guys in the backfield or, you know, long way scoring, you can always outflank those guys to get them around the enemy and all that.
1: It's a pretty solid list, man. I think it's a very good alternative to what he was running. I
2: like
1: it quite a bit. So I I think Jordan like it
2: too. I I was really, really happy with this list. Like if he's, and it sounds like he's got all the units to run this, where he's not going to have to buy anything. Yeah. So that, that's my suggestion. If you absolutely, like I said, really, really want to run that, uh, other right of war, send me an email back and I'll, we won't go over it on the show, but I'll actually write you a list using that right of war and email it back to you. But I, I think you should steer clear personally. I've not been to the LVO. Um, I've talked to a couple people that went and I've seen some other things, and it seemed like the lists that went last year were fairly brutal. So, like, I feel like you should probably take something a little meaner.
1: (laughs) Don't don't go with your pants down, dude. Take the advice.
2: So, what do you think, Michael? Be honest.
1: i I like our breakthrough list quite a bit uh they've slowly i I really didn't see the value in auto cannons on the the predators for a long time like the predator cannon not the yeah but uh but just the number of shots it puts out and the strength it's just
2: it's you also got the sponsons on them and they're so cheap they're you know with with the last cannons and dozer blades are 120 points a tank and, and they're they're scoring and they're and fast. fast.
1: Yeah. yeah, fast is probably the biggest thing. That's See, fast.
2: that's the other thing. If they live till the last, like say you're going second, or you know whatever, on the last game turn, you can move 24 inches. You move 12 in the movement phase, and then 12 flat out. So even just to grab objectives at the end of the game, you essentially get a 24 inch redeploy at the end of the game. Jump on objectives.
1: And uh, like, what would you do with Gemen and like and all that Gemin? Killman. He goes
2: in the land raider with the uh, suzerains and the chaplain. So, you're going to like. So, most armies have like their little close combat Death Star. So, this army is more of a shooting type army. So, you're going to drive around with all your tanks and shoot the shit out of stuff. And he's going to like anchor your army. And when they try to get close and assault all your tanks, you're going to get out and assault them with your unit to fuck them up. The primary pressure. Then, then, if you play against somebody like Mechanicum that doesn't really have great assault, like, they just don't really have any really elite assault units, you can just send that land raider down their throat and pick on them, bully them. Same thing with, like, Militia or Solar Ox. Like, Solar Ox and Militia don't really have any answer to a Primark just driving at them with a nasty bodyguard unit. They can't really do anything to it. No, yeah, exactly. He's, just, so, he's your beat stick. Right, so the idea is... You have those 30 veterans with sniper. So if, if they come at you with their Primark and another bodyguard unit, you try to whittle them down with all those sniper bolters. Like you, you, you whip like a, like, so you go, here's my Rhino. I shoot one multi-melta at you and I hit. So now, because I hit your unit with this one multi-melta, everything else I shoot at you with Legion Astartes gets to reroll ones to wound. And I shoot you with like 60 sniper shots from my veterans. Bah. So then you. You kill a bunch of their bodyguard unit, and then when it's whittled down, you charge in Gilliman with all the suzerains. And the cool thing about suzerains, that Legatine Axe, the way it works is on a roll of a six to hit, you score an auto wound. You don't even have to roll the wound. It just scores an auto wound. So when you combine that with a Chaplain, you're getting double the chances of rolling sixes because you get to pick up your misses and re-roll them, which gives you another chance to get a six. So, not only are you getting a chance to up your hit total like you normally would with the chaplain, but you're also at the same time really upping your wound total because some of those hits are going to be auto wounds. I dig it, dude. It's very solid. It's a solid tactic. There's all kinds of like little combo stuff in here. That's why I like it so much. Like everything in this list benefits from the Ultramarines' actual Legion tactics. Um, it uses Gilliman's rules really well, and it uses the armored breakthrough rules really well. It's like a perfect mixture, which is very ultramarine to me. Give it a try, Bjorn. And it, it's actually a pretty good mix of infantry and tanks. Like, there is a lot of tanks in there, but I got like three, you know, I got four ta- or four tanks that are just full of infantry, so you're still going to have 40, 50 infantry running around on the board. I guess it'd be 40. Yeah, 40 infantry. You're still going to have 40 infantry running around.
1: You got it. Give it a try, dude. Let us know. At least do a, a test game. When is the LBO? Is that coming up anytime soon? I feel like...
2: No, 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 no. It's like right... I think it's either right before your... Uh, it's right bef- It's usually like a couple weeks before Adepticon.
1: Okay. So you got some time. Got some time to test it out. I think it it's an... I think
2: it's, it. an a- it's Super Bowl weekend. When's Super Bowl weekend? I don't know. No. Well, it's it's the same weekend as the Super Bowl. There has been the last two years. 10-4, man. Ten four. All right. So on to the next
1: one. On to the next list. All right, man. So this next one's an Alpha Legion Army list by Nick. He sent it in. He said, gentlemen, excellent work on the podcast. Keep it up. really like your list building style to come up with fluff, then build the toughest list you can with it. Uh, So his fluff is Alpha Legion, up to their usual shenanigans, part of the Praetorian of Dorne sleeper force. They use cargo boxes full of zombies, Umbrella Corporation style, as distractions, and vehicles in raven guard livery, since I already have them, perhaps false flag riding in to rescue the zombie swarm victims. I also imagine each unit as a Swiss army knife that can solve any problem. So it's a 2,500 point Alpha Legion force using the chosen duty ride right
2: of war. Uh, he took a Delegatus with a power claw. Power fist yeah he must be an orc player in yeah carry. for real that's exactly
1: immediately uh red flag uh he took a power fist power dagger and a artificer armor and uh, looks like a refractor field yeah and he took a contempt mortis with dual carries two Lemian terminator squads each with one chain fist one power fist sergeant with a chain fist and a power knife with a venom sphere launcher transported in land or phobos so he's got two phobos to sit now uh, three veteran squ- tactical squads, each with Melt Bombs, Power Sword, Power Axe, Rhino with Multi Melt, Sergeant, and Artifice Armor, Power Fist, and Power Knife. One squad with nine members and one Heavy Flamer. Goddess goes here, most likely with plus one weapon skill. Two squads with two rocket launchers each. And he said the reason why he chose that is had to after reading Praetorian of Dorne, and they can both shoot out of the top and most likely sniper skill. Uh, he took an allied detachment with a force commander with a cult horde and tainted flesh. Two levy squads of 34 each, since that's how many models I have. He say might drop the Meltas on the shooty vets to fill out the zombie squads. I also have six unpainted jet bikes, but not really seeing where they would fit into the list. Uh, the zombies are to be used as a tar pit to slow down the Primarch and Bodyguards if possible, while the vehicles push down one or both flanks using Infiltrate. The other option is to use a scout to push right up the middle. Seven scoring units with five in transport should be enough to deal with any scenario. The four twin-linked last cannons can help out with anti-air if the Mortis fails. Yes, they sure shit can. Uh, I will also have to keep in mind trying to not lose more units than my opponent and keeping the Goddess alive can't use the pride of legion due to the allies thanks for the help guys um or maybe just validation keep up the good work so ryan what do you think about his zombie praetorian of dorn list
2: um it works good um my only slight complaint with the because i've read praetorian of dorn is nowhere in the story did they have equipment like heavy equipment like rhinos and land raiders They had a gunship, and then most of the guys were on foot. But, I mean, it it sounds like he's more trying to use a lot of the models that he has, which I can understand. So, and he's rode his own fluff in there, so I'm not... Yeah, I like the
1: the Raven Guard livery. Like, hey, we're just here to liberate the zombie problem you have. Right. We're just Raven Guard. Don't mind us. So.
0: So...
2: I, um his list is fine like I see honestly no problem with it at all um but I like once again when people write me in a list I feel compelled to you know write a list in responses to give them some more ideas whether they choose to use it or not right so um I wrote one that was very similar so the list that I wrote for him it's also 2500 points um it uses uh no right of war just uh, there wasn't any that really fit and like he said you can't use like pride of the legion because i needed to use an allied detachment to re-put his zombies and stuff back in yep so uh just with what units he had and the way things worked out there's really no right of war you can use um so there's one that we'll talk about at the end after i read my list but um some things that have to come out so my problem with his list is i didn't really see very much ranged anti-tank He's got the last cannons on the um the uh, land raiders, and that's really it. Yep. Four of he's, them And then he's got the carries, the mortis carries, which is kinda okay, and then he's got the you know guys that melt the bombs or whatever. I just felt like it lacked hitting power, I guess. Against tanks. Yeah. So I changed it around so I took, uh, for his HQ, I took Armillus Dynat. You don't like, obviously, Dynat wasn't in Praetorian Adorn, so you just have to, you just, you basically using his rules. Um, There's a dude named Salonius in there. For anybody that's read the books, you could say it's Salonius. You could say, you know, whoever. Some super badass Alpha Legion operative guy. So, anyway, HQ, Armillus Dynat, not taking any right of war. So, for troops, Uh, Because you have to have two normal troops because you're not taking a right of war. It's a a full 10-man Legion tactical squad. And they're in a Rhino with multi-melta. The sergeant has melta bombs. And then there's another 10-man tactical squad. And they are just on foot. And the sergeant has uh, melta bombs. Um, obviously because they're Alpha Legion, you have mutable tactics, so you could choose Infiltrator or whatever for that other foot squad or just leave it as like a backfield scoring unit. But I felt like it fits with the theme to have some a couple guys run around on foot because that's how most of them were in the book. So then for Elites, I took a um, full uh, 10-man uh, Legion veteran tactical squad. Uh, they have the Machine Killer... Uh, veteran uh, tactic. Seven of them have combi meltas and two of them have melta guns. Uh, the sergeant also has a melta gun or a combi melta, and the entire squad has melta bombs. and Dynat is going to go in this unit, so they will deep strike in with Dynat's uh, mastered legion rule, which yep. going off the Praetorian adorn fluff would like, just be, like, them hiding and, like, appearing from nowhere, or, like he said, false flagging, pretending to be something else, and, you know, surprise, butt sex type thing. Here's, (laughs) rip Drip off your Raven Guard mask. Right. So, this gives him a good uh, unit to kill vehicles that the other one was lacking, like some type of Spartan or Knight or something like that. Definitely. So then, for a second elite choice, I have another Legion uh, veteran tactical squad. So, it's another 10-man... Uh, veteran squad that uh, these guys have marksmen, so these will just outflank on foot. Um, they, the entire squad has melta bombs, and two of them have uh, missile launchers with suspensor web. Like he said, the, there's a pretty, co- there's a whole really cool scene with some uh, with a veteran alpha Legionnaire in the book with a missile launcher. So I kept that in there for him because he seemed like he liked that. Um, then I kept his two uh, terminator squads. I believe they're identical. Oh, I dropped a. Uh, so Linnaean and Terminators come with power axes, and then he upgraded a couple of them to have fists and chain fists. So all his all those guys strike at I one, and then he took a Venom Sphere launcher, which basically counts as assault grenades. Right. So I didn't really understand because you're striking at I one anyway, so I didn't feel like you needed it. Nope. It gives you Hammer of Wrath, but it's only for the one guy. I didn't like. I just I felt like you could save points by getting rid of those. Maybe I'm missing something. No. It does get the one shooting attack, but I, I was like, eh. So anyway, so I put in two, they're both uh, identical units. So they're both uh, five-man Terminator squads. The horror has a Chain Fist and Power Dagger. Uh, one guy has a Power Fist. Um, and the other guys will just have uh, axes. Uh, they're... Uh, in Land Raider Phobos's, I did give the Land Raiders Armored ceramite and Dozer Blades. I don't think his had that. No. So I put Armored ceramite and Dozer Blades on both Land Raiders. So he's got two of those Land Raiders and two of those Terminator squads. Then for because I'm using all four Elite's choices, the two Veteran squads of the Terminators, the, the Contemptor Mortis had to come out. So what I did to replace it is I took a Dredo Dreadnought with an uh, uh, Alios Missile Launcher which is basically a much better version of a Contemptor Mortis. Yep. Uh, it gives him more ranged anti-tank and uh, actually th- about the same anti-infantry, and it's a little bit tougher and shoots further. I saw a Daredeo one piece of, a Leviathan, so hell yeah. Yeah. And then for his Allied Detachment with the Colt Militia, uh, I kept it basically the same. It's, his, it's a Force Commander with muster worlds, and that Force Commander has... Cult Horde and Tainted Flesh. So they're all going to be fearless and uh, have the rending attacks uh, cause fear and six up feel no pain. And then Cult Horde like I said gives you fearless and I believe you always have to snap fire which you're basically just going to give your guys a bunch of close combat weapons anyway so it doesn't matter. So for troops in the Allied Detachment I took two squads of 30 levies per squad um, and they all have additional close combat weapons for free. So basically, I took his exact same allied detachment, just cut eight guys out of it, two thirty-man squads instead of two thirty-four-man squads. Sounds good. So, what he could consider doing if he wanted to get rid of Dynat and go back to a delegatus, um, you would lose the deep striking on the veteran squad with the combi melta with the, the tank hunting guys. So what you would want to do is take the rhino away from the basic tactical squad and give it to the veteran tacticals. Um so with the melted guns so that they would at least have a ride to get closer to use those melt all those melted guns. Then with the extra points that you save, you could buy an Aegis defense wall as a fortification. And then you could take the Sacrificial Offering right of War. So the Sacrificial Offering right of War requires you to take a... Militia detachment. And then everything else in your army gains outflank and must start in reserve. So basically what you would do is you would take all those uh, levees and whatever... Pile them around the defense wall on turn 1. Which they're all fearless. They're going to be behind the defense wall. They're not likely to all be killed turn 1. And then on turn 2... Um, these Land Raiders with Terminators in there, the uh, Rhino with the the meltivets, the other veteran tactical squad with Sniper, and the two tactical squads that that would now be on foot, and the Dorado will all gain outflank and can all walk in from the table edges, which I thought was pretty cool as well. Definitely. So you could basically, like I said, run this same list, just uh, drop Dynat, swapping back out for your Delegatus, and then... Uh, move the Rhino over to the Melt events, and then buy an Aegis wall. With the i extra. definitely keep
1: Dynat, though.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I, I like the first list better, but if he was wanting to, uh, you know, just for fun, it's only like a one-model swap to swap over to Sacrificial Offering if he wanted to try it out. So. Give it a shot.
1: Definitely give Dynat a shot, though. I think once you play one game with his Deep Strike and his badass, like, in-enemy deployment zone, bump to your...
2: Right. So what that's going to do, for one, because he has these other sniper vets that outflank, when they outflank, you can just outflank them into the enemy deployment zone. And then those two missile launchers they have actually become pretty deadly against tanks. Um, plus they have melt bombs on every guy. The tank hunting vets, the machine killer vets with all the meltas are really scary, plus he has a cognizant signal to make them all BS5. We've went over all this before. Um, then if you go with infiltrate... Uh, It's just good. It's good all the way around. I don't know what else to say. If you go infiltrate, the Terminators gain infiltrate, which means the Land Raiders gain infiltrate, which means you can get all that in their deployment zone in a hurry. Then you have your last cannons become essentially AP-1. Exactly. So it's pretty damn good. It's damn great. Hell yeah. So anyway, uh, we'll forward you... I'll have Michael forward you these army lists like we always do. So you guys don't have to listen to the show repeatedly.
1: (laughs) We'll get it to you guys. And last one, blood angels. We got one more list guys, a blood angel list. Uh, This comes from Ben. Uh, Ben says, gents, first of all, thanks for what you guys do in the community. I don't know what I do. Just, I don't know. What I do to stay awake and therefore I presume alive without you guys and all those and those crazy Aussies Canadians to serenade me on my way to work every day, you guys kick ass so please keep the great work. I was hoping to get some list help. I'm going to attempt the Blood Angels. I'm going to attempt the Blood Angels, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be trying a bunch of new techniques in pursuit of the new perfect red. Yeah, Ryan's already got the this. The,
2: I don't know if it's the perfect red but I like it quite a bit I think
1: It's it's a good red. It's a solid red. But before I commit my money to this and I, before I commit my money to this end, I wanted some help scaling the base of a list up. It's not much, too much to ask. How would you expand this list to 2000 and 2500 points respectively? Here's the renaissance cherub that I need to grow into an Old Testament level psycho rage angel. I'm talking like an angel that gets told to kill the firstborn of Egypt and execute his orders with a smile on his face. Damn, dude. That's a big leap from baby Also,
2: Also, before you read his list, he sent another email as an addendum Uh that I also forwarded to you. Did you get that? If not, I can read it out. Yeah, go ahead and read it out. Okay, so... As an addendum, it occurs to me that the crux of the question is is this build the most effective way to utilize mass deep strike and focus combat power immediately where it needs to be on the field turn one? Because he wrote a a day of revelation list. Which means all of his jump infantry has to deep strike turn one. Right, so he's asking basically, you know, should he go, read? basically we're going to read his list out and he wants to know should he stick with that or consider moving it over to Orbital Assault. He says, uh, so anyway, go ahead and read the list, and then I'll finish this addendum thing. Sure
1: thing. So the list is, it's an HQ, which is a Praetor and Artificer Armor with Iron Halo, Jump Pack, a Blade of Perdition, Digital Lasers, and Melted Bombs. He goes with the First Assault Squad. It's a very powerful Praetor out the gate. Uh, his troop choice is a 10 man assault marine squad. The sergeant has artifice armor. And there's melt bombs in the unit. I guess everybody in the unit has melt bombs. Yep. And there's two power axes in the unit. Uh there's a second unit of assault marines. Ten man. Sergeant has artifice armor. They all have melt melt bombs. He took an apothecary with a jump pack and a power power sword. Man, I got the higgos. Just came <laughs> out of nowhere. And this goes with the first assault squad. So that's where the, uh, <laughs> I guess, the the Praetor and the Apothecary uh, well, are going to go. Into like <laughs> so next thing on the list, he has a Dreadclaw drop pod in his
2: Fast Attack choice. And it's empty. He's em- just taking it empty to get an, ev- an odd number of pods. What a boss. Just sending in empty empty
1: pod. Yeah. So anyway, he took, in his heavy support plot a Leviathan dreadnought with a Siege Drill Storm... Cannon, Phosphex, two Assault Cannons, and Armored Ceramite and a Dreadnought Drop Pod. In the second heavy support slot, he took a another Leviathan with Cyclonic Meltalance. R- thing. Thing. Regular Arm, which is a Snippy Claw. Phosphax, two Assault Cannons, Armored Ceramite, and a Dreadnought Drop Pod. So it's 1725 points-ish. So you want to... F- I have the addendum as well.
2: Well, and he says, so I really want to use this as a basis for the build. The two Leviathan's crashing down turn one because the Dreadclaw has the drop pot assault rule. uh, Seems like a good insertion force that is too scary to be ignored. This buys times for the assault marines to get into something juicy, since hopefully they won't be the primary target. So basically, in this list, everything in this list will come in turn one except for the Dreadclaw and whatever unit he decides to put in it that costs roughly 200 points that he has left over. Right. Um, so he says both jump squads with characters and both leviatans land first turn and try to kill everything. That's the entire plan. That's what he says. So how would you scale this up to 2K and 2.5K respectively? Would you cut something? I'm struggling whether to add a chaplain to the first squad or some more marines to make it a kick-ass Death Star and whatnot. Also, I have no idea... What to put in the Dread call? I had first thought uh, Terminators, but that seems like a lot of combat power that is almost guaranteed not to be in one of the drop pods that lands turn one. A Flamer Squad with Chainswords might be a fluffy option as well. Thanks. Uh, so he also, so that we'll read the addendum and then read the other end of the email. We'll kind of jump around here. So he says, an addendum. It occurs to me that the crux of the question is is this build the most effective way to utilize mass deep strike and focus combat power immediately where it needs to be on the field. Turn one. Uh, Is it two tricked out Leviathans arriving turn one on their doorsteps and several, depending on the build assault squads also arriving turn one with some nasty, nasty characters to boot. Uh, Is this advantageous to say orbital assault where I'd have to roll for reserves for each unit coming in after the first half to arrive. And is the advantage of inserting the assault squads automatically on turn one enough to to say it's playing better than orbital assault uh and how does it compare to like a raven guard decapitation list that can similarly focus combat power in a region by infiltrating a bunch of more nathan and then drop a single leviathan and some uh drop pod tactical support marines right on your toes i could presume they can then step out and decapitate things (laughs) hope this clarifies my intent with the list questions that i was asking the original email thanks again for your advice Then he also says, uh, also, Ryan, I've been listening to the podcast a while and it seems like you are a UFC fan. I indeed am. I am an an overall MMA fan. Uh, UFC is obviously the biggest organization, so I do watch a lot of UFC, but uh, I also like uh, Bellator, which is a little bit smaller organization. Um, I'll watch 1FC if it's on. I actually like Glory Kickboxing as well, and I – Uh, have UFC fight pass, which they're now airing um, Invicta fights, which is a female mixed martial arts league, which I watch. And they also have um, the Eddie Bravo invitational grappling events. That is like a submission only jujitsu tournament that is actually you. If you've ever watched jujitsu, it's fucking boring and a gi and they always come to a draw. It's like watching. It's like, the soccer version of Mixed Martial Arts. Sorry, soccer fans, but that shit's boring. Uh, Eddie Bravo and day, it's all no gi, so it's all really fast, and it pretty much has to end in a submission, so you get to see a lot of submissions. It's actually really cool to watch. So I like watching all those uh, combat sports. So he says, I wanted to share uh, with you uh, all just in case you hadn't stumbled across it. It's IMCF. It is a combat sport involving knights with real... Uh, in quote or in parentheses, blunted weapons. Basically beat the crap out of each other. I have a link for all of your enjoyment. There's a link to a YouTube video in the email. See below. I've actually watched this video. Yeah, I saw it too. I, well, I've seen it before this. Uh, it was actually a, one of Joe Rogan's podcasts with Donald Cerrone, who is actually a UFC fighter. Somebody showed this fucking video to Donald and he was tripping out on it and he wants to do it. Um, and yeah, we have it. We, meaning the United States, have a national team. Um, also, for bonus points, the U.S. national team is supposedly pretty good. Anyways, thanks it thanks in advance for your help with the list. So we actually have someone at our game club. Um, it's actually a female, believe it or not, is into this stuff, and she participates. So this am whatever it is, IMCF. I'm not super knowledgeable of this stuff. I have watched some of the YouTube videos. I do think it's pretty cool. But I, I don't have, like, really, like, intense knowledge of it. I do know there's different levels of it. So, like, this is, like, the highest level where you have to have, like, actual, legit, like, battle-hardened armor. Right. And you're, and you're using, like, legit weapons, like he said, that are just blunted. There are lower levels, and, like, the lowest level is essentially just, like, fucking LARPing that you see, like, people with LARPing. Yeah, She does the one, it's like a middle tier, where you have to have armor. Like, you have to have legit head protection. But the rest of your armor is just more like padding, almost like football pads. It doesn't have to... And the weapons you use are essentially almost like kendo sticks, like a wooden stick type okay. thing. Yeah. So it's not as intense as, like, you know, full-blown metal weapons. It's like a middle tier. But
1: So, so it's not like the Knight's Tale scene where... Uh, Lord Lord Ulrich von Lichtenstein goes in the sword pit and just starts right and
2: the guy. way Casey describes it because I was asked I was we're actually we were me and her were actually talking about this last time she was down here playing um, she said that like in the middle two, like the ones when you get up into the higher ones they're almost like uh, history buff nerds like you have to have like the right like if you have all your armor has to be matching and from the same period and it, like it has to match everybody on your team, and they're like, you know what I mean. And it's very expensive, all the armor. That's We're a like French etched curious. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. And, and she's actually English she film. she's like really really into it. So she has like very extensive knowledge on like armor and weaponry, like period armor, weapon. Like I was really blown away and impressed by her knowledge on all this stuff. She's really studied up on it now, but the the level that she participates in like you can basically dress as however like you can make your like armor look anime she actually said there's a local team that dresses and they're like a uh war an old school warhammer fantasy themed uh, like marauder team like chaos marauders so they dress like chaos marauders from old warhammer fantasy like and uh, like with the like no armor at all
1: like chains instead
2: of a yeah like that kind of stuff yeah like like pretty cool like she showed me pictures of them they all like draw chaos stars on all their shit and shields and things like that so anyway so yeah I have seen that stuff and actually a local person at the club participates in something similar it's pretty neat so anyway on to the list I wrote for him so to answer his question with what he's trying to do I personally think orbital assault is the way to go. I don't feel like at 2000 points or even 2,500, when you try to cram two Leviathans in day of revelation, that you have enough points to make the assault Marines worth it. You can't make the squads big enough and they just end up being pointless.
1: Even with a three plus save on the,
2: on the first turn. Why would they, they a five-up, you're saying land them behind the drop pods? Yeah. Well, that's if they don't just kill the drop pod. Once the drop pod's dead, the shrouding goes away. Well, are you going to shoot at the drop pod or are you going to shoot at the Leviathan? Well, I'm just or saying, the like, here's the thing. Ten assault marines aren't beating anything in an assault. So even if they do live, what are you going to assault?
1: No, yeah, you're right.
2: That's that's my problem. Like, the, the unit with the Praetor in it will hit hard only because the Praetor but the assault Marines don't do anything. You're not killing anything with 10 assault Marines. See, so you need like a 20 man squad or 15 at a minimum. You know what I'm saying? And you, you would need other things. Like if you're going to do day of revelations, like those lists that we wrote, they had like a big Terminator squad and a crib. They had other things to like help the assault Marines out where you can do like multi assaults. Right. But his list is basically just two Leviathans, which do their thing. And then you have these two basically taxes, just to run the right of war,
1: yeah. I think I, I think what he's trying to do. It sounds like he's trying to like basically put multiple threats in your face. I think right. if you bump those squads to fifteen, then they'd actually be actual threats. But he doesn't have the points to really do that. Well, he's bringing up twenty five hundred. That was only seventeen.
2: Well, but that was two thousand. So I actually wrote him a two thousand point list because okay. he said he, two thousand and then twenty five hundred. So I will go over both, but just keep in mind, like. The 2,000 point and the 2,500 point list are literally the identical list. I just added things for the extra 500 points. So when we read off the 2,500 point list, I'm just going to read the units that you add in. I'm not going to read the whole list again. The rest of the list is identical. So I switched it over to Orbital Assault, and I think he's going to like it better. We'll get your judgment as a fellow Blood Angel player. So for his HQ, I have a praetor with artificer armor, blade of perdition, digital lasers, iron halo, melta bombs. It's the same guy with no jump pack. Yep. Um, for troops, I have a 10 man Legion Tactical Squad um, that take additional uh, chainsword combat blade. So they're basically assault marines with no jump packs. The sergeant in in the squad has Melta Bombs and they're in a drop pod. And I have a second squad that's identical. Um, they're not quite half the points of those assault squads <laughs> for the same guys with no jet packs coming in and a drop pod. Right. Um, they don't all have melt bombs, only the sergeant has melt bombs, though. So that's a little different. For elites, um, I took a full 10 man Terminator squad in cataphracty armor. Uh, Three of them have Chain fists, And... Or no, hang on, how many guys is this? This is where the... Okay, eight so together. it's... Sorry, it's... Is it eight turn? No, it's nine Terminators, sorry. That's why I was getting confused. So it's nine Terminators in, uh, in a squad. Uh, three of them have Chain Fist. Six of them have Power Fist. And the Praetor goes with them to make it a 10-man squad. Gotcha. And all of these guys go into Charybdis. So for heavy support, I took a Charybdis. And then for his last two heavy support choices, I took the exact same Leviathans that he had in his list. I think I dropped the drill off the one and they both have snippy claws because I think the snippy call is superior to the drill if you're going to only run one close combat weapon. 10-4. Yeah. So... Uh, the the one has armored ceramite, two assault cannons, dreadnought drop pod, leviathan storm cannon, phosphex, snippy claw. The other one is armored ceramite, uh melt a lance, two assault cannons, dreadnought drop pod, phosphex discharger, snippy claw. That's two thousand points. So in this list, he has five drop pods. He's got the two ten-man tactical squads, the charybdis and the three uh or and the the two Leviathans. So turn one, he's gonna have a Charybdis. With nine cataphracts and that crazy praetor in it, and then two dreadnought drop pods with leviathans, ten four, I which it. I think I think is a much nastier turn one threat than his other list.
1: Yeah, either take care of the cryptus or take care of the two dreadnoughts sitting in front of you, and then and then the, decide... then the
2: cryptus can move flat out behind one of the dreadnought drop pods and get a two up jinx save. And then the Dreadnought Drop Pods, because they come in, they get a five-plus cover save just from day... Or, never mind. Sorry, I'm an idiot. Because they have Shrouded? Yeah, they're going to have Shrouded, so they have a five up in the open, but if you can land them in or behind ruins, it'll quickly go up. So, um, and then later on, the tactical squads will come in for support. So to take this up to 2,500, it's this exact same list. Don't change anything. And you add in a third troop choice, which is a full 10-man tactical support squad that buys an additional chain sword and close combat or or close combat weapon. Um, And the entire squad has Volkite chargers, and they're in a drop pod. And then for a second elite choice, you take a five-man veteran tactical squad that uh, have machine killers and all five guys have combi meltas and they're in a drop pod. So at 2,500, you go up to seven drop pods, so you're going to get four turn one. So you're going to drop in your Charybdis and your two Leviathans, and then you can choose, if they have a ton of infantry, you can go with the tactical support squad with all the Volkite chargers if they have something standing out in the open. If they have a tank or something like that you need to open up or a knight, you can drop in the machine killers instead with the meltas all day. And then you're going to have three drop pods in reserve, you know, two of which will be your tactical squad with additional close combat weapons, and then the other one will either be the machine killer vets or the volkite squad depending on what you dropped in.
1: That's so many threats all at one time.
2: So I think that that's the way to go, Ben. I think orbital assault. What do you think, Michael? Do you
1: Yeah, I I think the way it's the the way you have it worked out is I especially like the Charybdis. The Charybdis being able to hide behind the Dreadnought drop pod to get a two-plus jinx save. And then, I mean, as a player, like somebody playing against that, if I had something on the board, I wouldn't know what to shoot. I would assume, like, obviously, I think the first thing that's going to get lit up is going to be the Leviathans,
2: but they're so tough. and man, But that just... big Terminator squad, it scores. Yep. And... It can when it assaults something, it assaults something. Like that's you don't want to fuck with that. You don't want to deal with nine Cataphracty all with strength eight. With a,
1: perdition, a blade of perdition hiding in there too. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a Yeah, it's a it's a solid it's a solid
2: list. It's if it, and if you for whatever reason don't like Cataphracty and like Tartaros better, you can just swap them out.
1: And I love me some Leviathans, so two of them drop potting turn one. That's pretty much what my list is about.
2: It's like, oh, you don't like dealing with one Leviathan? Deal with two.
1: <laughs> so.
2: So anyway, uh make sure, Michael, to forward him the uh Blood Angel's list and then send the Alpha Legion guy his list, and then also send um what's the old? Nick Nick is the Alpha Legion guy, Ben is the Blood Angel guy. And Bjorn is the Ultramarine guy, so if you don't mind forwarding all those lists that I wrote to those guys. And Bjorn, like I said, if you really want that other right of War, send me an email and I'll write it for you, but I still think you should uh, not run it.
1: Heck yeah, dude. So there we're We're through the list. It's only 4 o'clock in the morning over there for you. It's (laughs) o'clock in the morning over here for me.
2: 4.05. You look way tired. You were dozing in and out in between hiccups over there, I could see you. You're <laughs> listening to me drone on and on and on about the list. And I could just see you. I was listening <laughs> for a second. For a second. I thought about trolling you and just like really going off on a tangent. See really. how- and
1: then we're going to put in two units of tau fire warriors. And I'll like- <laughs> yep. That's a winner. <laughs> uh, so anyway,
2: guys, if you have any lists you want to send in, or questions we or like questions. questions
1: preferably questions but you know lists work too now
2: nah, we're fine we're we're fine with I like having a good balance I like having a good balance
1: I like answering questions I like like discussing questions I feel like when it comes to lists I'm like yeah that's a good list Ryan you did good <laughs> like
2: what's well, the thing <laughs> like you feel free you what happens is they send them to you you're the one that forwards them to me like feel free to uh uh take some of the workload and let me paint models at work instead of uh, writing lists all day. You're more like, than welcome to write. I feel lists. like I'd be
1: letting them down. I feel like they'd be like, "Ugh,
2: I wish Ryan would've looked at this list." <laughs> <laughs> nah, you do fine. I've seen the lists you wrote. Usually, when you like, because me and you, we trade a lot of ideas all the time. We're always texting back and forth whenever we write something. So, I feel bad because it's like you send me these lists and then I just write whatever you like. You don't really get to put any input into them.
1: Well, it's like it's like whenever you read them out, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's why I did that. That makes sense. Yeah, I get it now.
2: Okay, yeah, like that. Sometimes, sometimes I will say, "Hey, you know, what do you think of this or whatever?" Every once in a while, I guess we'll talk about
1: like Raven Guard or or something like
2: that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, feel feel free, feel free to write any list you want. I don't care. You you can keep some. I'll write a list and I'll, I'll send it to you why would you send it to me i don't want it i got <laughs> enough i got this iron warrior one to do for next episode i gotcha so if you have any questions guys any
1: questions or or lists go and send them into ryan at warhammer30k.com
2: and uh at the- you're not gonna
1: <laughs> or michael at warhammer30k.com
2: so that michael can then send them to ryan at warhammer30k <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh shit but uh we do have a treat for you guys uh ben who created our badass new opening created us a badass new closing so we're gonna go and play that for you guys so we'll catch you all guys later you have a good one later